Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 222 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, I'm just worried something will go wrong. And this is me, Carrick, with ACG. I was worried I was going to spit my mint out, and I almost did because I was smiling, worried about spending it out. So, anyway. I yeah. usually uh, start the show off asking how you're doing, but I want to I wanna shout some love to you, Carrick. You know, because I, reala- I realized something when I was catching you up on the show, what news we were going to do. Normally, I send you a little DM. I let you know what we're doing. But, uh, you know, you're, you're very flexible with how I run the show, right? Or I wouldn't even say I run the show, but how I... I prepare the show where sometimes oh. life happens and I'm not able to send Indeed. you the notes in advance. And I just wanted to, I wanted to thank you. You know, I, I, no I appreciate uh, your willingness to always work with me. You never get pissed off at me when I, when I slip a little, uh, you're always here to catch me when I'm going not down. to you, not to you, <laughs> but behind the scenes. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, no worries. In fact, I may like it a little bit. Gives a little excitement you know, to the show. What it the does. Fuck are we getting yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, what are we getting into? Yeah, I never quite know. And and you like to cover some topics I haven't covered, which is cool. All so right. coming in, I, yeah, I'm never quite, never quite sure. Yeah. I appreciate it though. Yeah, of course. Just wanted to give you some love and, and let people know that uh, if you think this show is good, it's it's a lot because of of my wonderful co-host here. It's it's definitely like sometimes uh, I struggle I to put I it together. <laughs> I, I I definitely appreciate it. I don't yeah. I don't think it's that, but we'll let him lie because it makes me feel better today. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ham Radio Love Fest. Uh, here we like to <laughs> we like to spread some love and joy, but also we talk about video game news every week. Uh, if you're new here, we've had a lot of new listeners coming in. Pretty much, it's just a weekly roundup of gaming news section. Off there are timestamps in the description below. For some reason, I always see the top rated comment being the timestamps, and I'm like. I diligently this phone here this, <laughs> this phone here takes notes every week for at least like hundreds of episodes and 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 people are still putting timestamps in the description like I ain't doing it it's crazy but anyway um so if you want to hop to a different topic you're able to we just ask that uh, while you're listening if you enjoy the show and you want to support character I both our patreons are linked down below a dollar can get you early access to this podcast two full days in advance so you can uh, hear us yakking before everyone else um an extra two bucks will put you in the Patreon Discord where you can get involved in really exciting conversations. Um, you can be a part of the show as we go along. We have questions prepped once more from the patrons uh, to go alongside our news topics for today. So we're building. We're doing some cool stuff. And I've seen uh, a lot of you guys responding to that in a really positive manner. We've received uh, on my Patreon personally like 15 new ones, which isn't like a huge number. But uh, it's great to see a lot of people hopping in and then also wanting to be on the Discord, not just early access. Yeah. That, that makes us really happy. Um, some people have asked why we don't tie in the Discord at the dollar tier uh, with the early access for the show. And the reason for that is just because sometimes people will just pay a buck to fuck with you. And when you put it at three bucks, it just makes your life a lot easier, to be honest. We we don't get any toxic people, knock on wood. But uh, yeah. yeah it's, and it's, it's very it's, true. Yeah. So just know, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's a reason why, in case you were wondering. Um, but with all of that, Carrick, any projects you're working on, or shall we get into the show? Uh, no, just reviews. I'm going to do Grid, and then uh, nice. I've got um, – oh, crap. I should be doing it this weekend. I forgot. I'm going to do Concrete Genie. Oh, Sony. nice. That yeah, one that one looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does. And then um, there's one other one that I'm forgetting the name of. But, yeah, some small games. I'm, cool. I'm sort of done with those massive ones. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the hardest part of the year is, is pretty much done. Now we just have Call of Duty, Outer Worlds, and Doom Eternal. Shenmue 3, maybe, for right. me. Right. Um, those are the ones that come to mind. So yeah, the, the September was the hardest part for sure. Um, for me, 
we did our first thing with the secret project just this week and oh. i'm so stoked with how it's coming out if you guys want to know what i'm talking about uh patrons are going to see it actually either tonight or tomorrow i i, I think because the video is kind of long so um i might spread it out because we're going to do early access for the podcast tonight friday as we record this and then saturday i'll probably put up the video so it's a little bit spaced out but yeah exciting stuff i can't wait to see everyone's response to it and then uh we'll move forward from there so we're getting close folks anyway this is what i think it is right uh is this the the is this the it's video part it. it's part of it it's part, part of it, of it. Okay, yeah gotcha. um anyway ladies and gentlemen now with all of that out of the way let's get into the news starting off with some happenings at PlayStation, some really unforeseen, strangely timed, and vague happenings. So we're going to be reading a story from WCCFTech.com that I think has a great summarization or um, summary rather of um, <clears throat> everything that's been going on there. Um, this article does not include the the Japanese. Uh, portion of the departure, which happened after uh, the same day, mind you, but after Sean Layden had left PlayStation. So we're going to get into the original tweet and then some reports that came out afterwards. Um, it starts off with a tweet that says, it is with great emotion that we announced that Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE. His, uh, his visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in future endeavors and are deeply grateful for his years of service. Thanks for everything, Sean. Um, and they didn't tag him. They put it out at 7 p.m. at night. Um, it, it was just out of complete nowhere. And um, Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I have a name right here. SIE Japan president Atsushi Morita also yes, took his thank name. you. There we are. Yeah, sorry. It was, it was right tucked away above. There's nothing else in the article. But anyway... This tweet came out. A lot of people were like, oh, Sean, take care. Um, but there was no blog post, which PlayStation has done historically when it came to anyone leaving. Like, Greg Miller posted four different blog posts of, like, when people would leave PlayStation, they had something there. So the tweet sort of screamed like they were trying to get ahead of something. So we're going to keep reading <clears throat> from this article and get into what may be going on there. Uh, it seems there is a bit more to Layden's sudden departure as GameDaily.biz reports the PlayStation team is beset by power struggles and internal upheaval as we head into the next console generation. Long story short, it seems Layden may have been pushed out by current Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide CEO and President Jim Ryan, who's been rapidly climbing the ranks, rising from SIE Deputy President to the big boss in less than a year. Meanwhile, Layden had seemingly been permanently earmarked as leader of Worldwide Studios. Of course, overseeing first-party software production was important, but Layden was definitely subservient to Jim Ryan as overall PlayStation boss, despite Layden arguably having a more impressive track record of success with the company. Take this all with a grain of salt, as Game Daily didn't present any direct quotes to support this portion of their report, but it sure is juicy, and I do agree with that. We're almost done here. Uh, Game Daily also reports recent efforts to bring all of the SIE branches under one worldwide umbrella has caused some confusion as business practices and marketing are very different from region to region. This combined with the power struggles has apparently left led rather to a lot of confusion as we head into the next console generation 
information on the PlayStation 5 is apparently trickling out slowly even to the first party team. So the Sony Worldwide Studios, like your Gorilla Games, uh, your Naughty Dogs, this is going out slowly to those people with third parties, like we'll say Ubisoft, Bethesda, even further behind. An anonymous developer at a major third party studio, okay, important to note that third party studio had this to say about the situation. This is the least amount of clarity we've ever had on a new console this close to transition. I believe that the global restructuring is exponentially exacerbating the already difficult process of transitioning to a new generation. And now we're getting nervous, very nervous. Here's hoping Jim Ryan and his team can get their ducks back in a row because this is the absolute worst time to have the well-oiled PlayStation machine, machine sorry, fall apart. Tellingly, Ryan recently vowed to avoid complacency as we march towards the PS5 release. The track record of the incumbent platform winning the next time around is not a great one, so the major thrust of my executive energy is to avoid complacency, is what Jim had said. So, <clears throat> that is the article. We read it word for word. I know it was a long read, but I think every bit of information packed in here was very important to start the discussion. So, we'll start off with general thoughts. Uh, were you surprised by this? Were you... Were you um, did you expect it to become this internal power struggle? Because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he's been there for a long while, has his money, probably ready to just coast into retirement, but it does not seem that was the case. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was the case too. Um, yeah, I am surprised, but then when you start reading about the other person, Jim, um, mm-hmm. and like how apparently like super headstrong he is, and also they fucked up some stuff in their leadership where – if you read about what Jim did and about what he did, they overlap. And that's a problem in any business. I've had that in a business where they're like, oh, you're a director, but this person over here is a CEO slash director. And mm-hmm. you're like, that's going to cause issues because they're, you, you do need, you'll hear people say, oh, a flat power structure works good. Yes, in some companies, but not a worldwide company like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the complacency thing bothers me because my personal opinion is that the, uh, Sean was probably believing first party was the best like the typical jack trenton style Mm. and if you look at the other guy his is more scattered and like a different style of what what he may think the next gen should be so that's actually making me go if the developers don't even know right now yeah that's, that's that's worrisome because dude if we're a year out and they don't know you're that could cause all kind all kinds of issues yeah, man. I mean, that's what I thought of. At least it seems like with the Xbox, things have been communicated properly. Maybe it's because yeah. Xbox things haven't been in the news cycle, so that could also be the case. But I just started yeah, worrying, uh, worrying and wondering about PlayStation 5 patches uh, and, and releasing games on the PlayStation 5 and how long that could possibly take. And will developers now just try to, like, I'll think of a game that's sort of on the uh, straddling the line, like a Starfield, right? Because I remember right. Todd Howard... They announced it, and then they said, oh, it's, we're not sure if it's going to be next-gen or not. And I read this story and think to myself, is that that type of game, which I'm sure a bunch of other developers are in that same position, do we wait for the PS5 and then push it far? But now they know nothing, so they're probably just going to see, right. can we squeeze everything we can out of the PS4? Right? So that's how I look at it, and I think and, a lot of companies are in that spot. I mean, I you'd have to look this up, Maddie, but I'm assuming Guerrilla Games, when they were working on Killzone, um, which was a release title. I'm assuming on the PS4, they knew, you know, a year and a half ahead of time where their overall target was. They knew, you know, the ideas about what they were trying to do with the PS4. And it doesn't seem... Uh, additionally, I do blame a little bit of the tech weirdness on AMD 
because they haven't perfected the APU these guys are using. But right. still, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy to see. And then the Japanese, what was his, uh, what was that guy who left? Uh, at Sushi Morita. At Sushi Morita, another one who left, and it was just announced. Also, by the way, that way of announcing on Twitter, I've done that because I was HR. That almost always means a person is being terminated at the time you're doing the tweet. Yeah. It seemed you know that why? Way. You know why, Maddie? Because you don't want to tag the person because they may have their phone on in the Wow, I didn't even think of that. Does that not sound dark? But that's, if you're HR, you'll be told, the, they, they will train you. They will be like, do not take, you're actually supposed to wait, but the person doing that tweet obviously doesn't work for the same group. So they were given the data, they were told to release it at a certain time. That's the thing, uh, just even, and, and this may sound like looking too deep into it, but I'm looking at the tweet now, there isn't even like a picture of like, Sean nope. on stage or representing PlayStation, just a tweet. It looks yep. like a fi- like we fired him, we let him go without actually saying it. Well, remember, Jack Trenton was pretty open about disliking the Japanese versus American style, that they, mm-hmm. there was issues back and forth. He apologized for the hack when Sony told him he wasn't supposed to. And he's never really said if that was any emphasis for him leaving. I don't think it was, but I think it was a sore point because he brought it up in uh, Ryan... What's his name from IGN? Ryan McCafferty? Um, yeah, yeah. He brought it up in Ryan's uh, in- interview. He was like, they told me no, and I just walked out there and said, fuck, I'm just going to apologize anyway. Like, mm-hmm. it just only makes sense to apologize. It's our fault. And he was told no. So it does feel like they have these issues between groups. Also, the guy in Europe is in charge of the guy in the United States, even though the guy in the United States is in charge of global games. Like, you're just like, that's a weird th- crossover. Yeah, because Phil Spencer's just like, I'm in charge, and then there's a games guy that I talk to, and then he talks to everybody else. Or we all talk at the same time. Like, it's pretty delineated. Mm -hmm. You're like, one, two, three. But it seems like Europe's, uh, uh, America and Japan for Sony in particular have issues. And that may just be a PlayStation-centric problem, because when you think of Xbox, they've overseas haven't been as As successful. successful. So, like, I think for them, they're more just, like, America-based, so... Um, Not that they don't go to, like, the EU and and work in that manner, but um, I think there's a lot less traveling and a a demand for separate teams. Like, this is our global team. This is our American team, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's just crazy, I think. And I'm itching to see, obviously, when Sean Layden talks afterwards, you know, if he he stays out of games or or he's just as, you know, I'm going to go retire now, that kind of thing. Um, Trenton left, didn't he? Yes, Trenton doesn't. I, Trenton's like completely out. He's out on, but isn't he working somewhere else? I thought. No, I think Trenton or like does investments of... now or something like that. Like he complete. I think he completely left overall games. Like he's just gone. I if think I, I was I, talking about. I think I was talking about Adam Boys. I think he's still in games. That's who it might be. Adam is definitely in games. He he did <clears> extinction <throat> for whatever that uh, company is. Adam or sorry, I wrote that in Jack Trenton. Um, yeah, Adam Boys definitely went to a different company and stayed. Jack yeah. currently is advisory board for Gunna Tour, a, South, uh, a San Francisco-based artificial intelligence startup. So he's not even in games. Wow. Wow, mm. that's crazy. <laughs> that explains, though, because the reason I mentioned that is because, is you know, that I think if like, he's in games, a lot of his transparency would bank on, like, oh, who am I going to impact with this? If I'm right. working here versus I'm not in that industry, I don't give a shit. 
Exactly. And that's why, and if Jack basically still did, if Jack said stuff, if this guy leaves, then I do expect, especially the way this happened, at the very least, and maybe he requested it too. And that's one thing we don't know. Mm-hmm. If there, if you have a personal issue on the back end, you may just be like, do this. But it would seem to me like what you should do is get in front of it, have the picture, do the tag. That way there's less of a political, like there's less news if it looks normal. And instead, nothing looks normal. Yeah. So, it's like, you the, know, the writing's on the wall. So, yeah, reports are sort of confirming suspicions. Um, but obviously, right now, take it with a grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen, because we have nothing concrete to run with. And we probably won't until <clears throat> either a really reputable journalist comes Ryan out with McCafferty something. Ryan McCafferty yeah. has an interview. Yeah, like the one of like <laughs> three good journalists out there. Yeah. Um, that or, no. or Sean Layden himself comments because he hasn't even tweeted and he hasn't tweeted in a really long while mind you but he hasn't like said like thank you playstation or you know i enjoyed my time at playstation just nothing like complete radio silence so um i do have a question for you do you also think that there is a chance that e3 right their lack of this year's e3 and their mm -hmm. utter failure last year with all the tech issues and all that stuff that perhaps there was either something going on or his idea was so grandiose and then this other guy comes in and is like listen you've had two e3s one you did and there were people cussing at each other over the microphone there was all this crazy shit and the second one you didn't even show up for like and it didn't work or maybe it didn't do what we thought maybe Mm -hmm. there, there is a chance that somebody just came in and said you're not working as well for us as we thought you know, it could be not something crazy. I saw people saying, oh, it must be sexual harassment or something. I'm like, Jesus, jump That's to conclusions ridiculous. much? Yeah, holy crap. Yeah, like, give them a second. Christ. So, I, uh, you know, I saw on Twitter someone mentioned, like, all the people who have left since PlayStation 4 have launched, and it was, like, pretty much every significant figure there. Yeah. I read it to you. It was, like, Adam Boyce, Jack Trenton, Sean Layden, we mentioned, uh, Andrew House. I think that's his name. Yeah, and you're absolutely okay. right. I was yeah. I don't know if I was mixing him up with uh Andrew Ryan too. I was mixing him up with from Bioshock. <laughs> from Bioshock. Yeah, definitely not the Bioshock. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, all these significant uh figures have left PlayStation, so people need to be aware of this because what happens is the the winds of change blow through these companies and new ideas, yeah. new mindsets and and not that PlayStation will fall off or disappear or be bad or anything, but just be aware that there's going to be different people calling the shot. Uh, yeah. shots for playstation 5 meaning um when you see some probably out of character things like we've already seen with this tweet um know that that may be why there's there's new people in charge and um i don't know we'll see how this this generation plays out i don't want to call a winner yet obviously we'll see come e3 i think that's where we can start predicting i think and they it, also made some good purchases recently like insomniac and stuff like that so yeah um, I, my personal belief is that there's a very good chance that his last he that if we find out he knew he was leaving most likely he was there to stay until the insomniac deal was done which does happen at a lot of companies so if he per, if he mm-hmm. knew he was leaving a lot of times they'll say we're in the middle of this purchase you know these guys and the person's like will you stay for three weeks to finish this purchase yes or this project yes and then the person leaves quietly afterwards um Unfortunately, that tweet really just lended a ton of problems. Yeah. It, 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 all by itself. Just yeah. a, a, a shit ton. The reports don't help. That is for show. All right. We move on to a little bit more positive news, something a little bit more exciting. 
And that is Red Dead Redemption 2 coming to the PC. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, pretty crazy. So we have a little bit of a write-up from GameSpot that I'll be going through. I promise you it's not as long as the original story we just read about PlayStation. In fact, I'm only going to be reading one blurb that I thought was pretty important, which is that uh, Rockstar says the PC version of Red Dead 2 will feature improvements to take advantage of the hardware, a range of graphical and technical enhancements for increased immersion, um, screenshots and system requirements for the game will be shared on October 9th. Rockstar also confirmed that Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming to Google Stadia as a launch game in November. Beyond a better looking game, there will also be new content in the story mode. This will consist of new bounty hunting missions, gang hideouts, weapons, and more. So, a single player expansion. Uh, pretty cool. Not expansion's a very, very generous word. A single player But update. some content. Yeah. yeah. Something that we didn't expect. Red Dead Online will also be included with all the content available on uh, the PS4 and Xbox One versions. Um, Red Dead 2 will be available on several different PC retailers, but not Steam, at least initially. It'll be released there in December. Pre-orders will begin through the Rockstar Game Launcher on October 9th and will include special bonuses if you purchase by October 22nd. Um, So let's see here. In addition to the free game you already get by installing the launcher, pre-ordering Red Dead We'll let you two free games out of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas, Bully, L.A. Noir. <clears throat> I almost said La Noir. <laughs> La Noir. <laughs> L.A. Noir and uh, Max Payne 3. Great game, by the way. Max Payne 3 is fantastic. <clears throat> Rockstar also notes that free upgrades to Red Dead 2's premium editions are available by pre-ordering. Um, and the following pre-order bonuses are the Outlaw Survival Kit for Story Mode, War Horse for Story Mode, Treasure Map for Story Mode. Uh, cash bonus for story mode and 50 gold bars. So uh, that is generally your write-up on Red Dead Redemption 2 coming to the PC. I'll be honest, I don't really care, but I know a lot of people do. So what do you what do you make of this? I I think when they say technical adjustments, the one thing they mean is uh, ambient occlusion, <laughs> which mm. it was because it re- was removed or toned down on the first patch on the Xbox and PS4 because it eats up uh, CPU power. Yeah, I remember a lot of people writing, but Red Dead got downgraded? Yeah, exactly. So I have a feeling it'll be one of those things. And, I mean, when you look at that game, dude, that game is pretty fantastic looking already. So Absolutely. And I don't think we're going to be running it at 8K on even, like, I have a 2080 Ti. I don't think I'll be running it at 8K. So most likely what we'll see is, like, draw distance pushed out that kind of stuff's really exciting um what's crazy is that stuff's already good on consoles so like that's what what i was saying maddie exactly uh oh frame rate frame rate will definitely be you know it'll be nice to play because the xbox uh, x and ps4 were still 30 fps Mm -hmm. um i don't know if a 2080 ti is going to run that people don't realize the how much more power you need and so i don't know if what you'll need to run it at 60 but i'm sure that that'll be like something a lot of people want to hit uh because it didn't feel responsive when you moved the main character around yeah very it was much. like a input lag almost yeah part of yeah. that was for animations it seemed like there was that slight delay yeah your, i mean your, i'm excited for it graphically uh, controller description like a uh, bag, a bag of full of wet dicks, yes, yeah, or vinegar soaked wet dicks, yeah, <laughs> and and that is that is what some of them move like. I uh, I think Stadia is more interesting to be for me, and the reason why is because Maddie, if that looks good, right? Let's say the Stadia version. Let's say you have good internet. I feel like I'm just adding let's say to everything, but let's say you have it's really okay. good internet, and then you download and you're streaming it. 
dude, if that looks good and the leg is still somewhat not super bad, it's already slow game anyway. It's ar- He already moves sort of slow. So I don't know if the people who are going to be playing that are going to notice another 10 milliseconds of leg. Mm-hmm. But what if you get an amazing looking... Like, I personally feel this is, like, better than some of the other titles we've guessed might be on... Like, Odyssey. I think Odyssey, your character moves quicker, a little bit more quick twitch that you need. You're not doing a lot of hand-to-hand... Right, right. So what if the Stadia version, if they nail that, that could be... I'm not saying a killer app, but it could be quite exciting because people could look at it and go, fuck, you're kidding. For nine bucks, Mm -hmm. I can... Well, scratch that. You have to buy it anyway, don't you? Yeah. yeah. See, the thing with Stadia is they don't offer oh, Stadia confuses options. me. It's just yeah. not It's not set up to succeed. That's the thing. And I think they're way out of their time with that system. Because, <clears throat> like, yeah. you can already... I the, forgot. The games industry is heading towards streaming games. You know, we see it with PlayStation now. And it's... Uh, I wouldn't call it infancy, but it's it's not the best example. Yeah. But you can also play games locally. So you have the option there to do either or. Yeah. So I don't know why I'd go out of my way to buy a box just to say, hey, I'm going to stream this because... I, I forgot. I, it doesn't even make sense to me to have to buy it on Stadia. So I literally this entire time forgot you have to buy it again. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, that's my it, fault. It doesn't have that... Uh, hook. Yeah. Financial like the, the, hook. Yeah, the Switch, I can justify a second purchase of the same game because I can play it anywhere. Yep. Take yep. it with me. Um, with, with, this, with the Stadia, though, it's like, what do I get? Maybe... But the thing, I would say, like, oh, maybe... If it's just a little box you can take with you, you can take it to the hotel. But then, like, hotel internet, you think it's going to play a Stadia? Dude, it fucking sucks. People don't realize. Hotel internet sucks. Mm. Donkey dick. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even if you're paying for the most expensive one. Like, I usually have to do that if I'm traveling to an event and uploading. I want to upload while I'm there. And even then, oh, my gosh. It reminds me of a story, actually. Okay, so I am at the hotel for The Outer Worlds. And um, I recorded my footage. And what I usually do after these events is I go back and, and while the, the event is fresh in my mind, I will work on at least one video. Usually my like my, my honest opinion video, like right off the bat. I have my notes from when I was during my session. I'll revise them, add anything else. And so I sit down, I record it, I go to uh, start editing and I realize my internet's out. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit, you know, that's not good. But like obviously there was no rush. I had like two weeks, so I was just kind of killing time at this point. So... I call the front desk, or I go down to the front desk because my phone didn't work. First thing, my phone didn't work. This hotel room was falling apart. Um, so I go down to the front desk. I'm just like, hey, uh, internet in my room is not working. And they're like, okay, uh, no problem. We'll send up a technician. They'll help you out, get your internet going. Um, they'll be there in 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I go in my room. I go to the bathroom. You know, I, I go to wash my hands. And uh, I actually accidentally pull off the, the towel rack. So like I said, <laughs> room's falling apart still. And then, you know, after 30 minutes, I hear the, I'm like, okay, you're a little late, but fuck it. I just want my internet. That's fine. So he comes in. He doesn't even come in. I'm sorry. I open the door. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, is your internet working? And I'm like, no, it's not. Why? Like, this is why you're here, right? And he's like, all right, I'm going to go get someone to help you out. I'm like, and he walks away. I I was just standing there stunned. Like, what the fuck do you mean you're going to go get someone? Aren't you the guy who's supposed to help me? And so he walks away and I shut my door and then uh, eventually... My internet never comes back on, and no one came. <laughs> no one came. <laughs> Best service ever, and yeah. you broke the bathroom. Yeah, and I broke the bathroom. 
The towel rack, yeah. It was Yeah, incredible. dude, I uploaded a video from Hotel at GDC, and I would say for like a 700 megabyte video, because mm-hmm. I purposely bit-rated it really low, was yeah. hours. Like, it was it was ridiculous. Like, I'm pretty sure my cell phone outside, if I had hot-spotted it, mm-hmm. it might have worked better. Yeah. Yeah, I remember trying to upload at a, at a Super 8, which, you know, I know yeah. well, I was staying at a Super 8. That's my own loss, right? Hey. We were trying to save some save money, money, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I tried to use their internet there, and uh, that didn't work. And so I actually had to go to the QuakeCon, like, where uh, the Gaylord Texan Center, and I had to go to Bethesda's media room anytime I wanted to upload. <laughs> oh, but did that work? Yeah. I would assume yeah, it worked. so, just right? Like, yeah. Just like on our last day of our trip, we actually had to go – to the convention center just so I could leave my laptop there and have it upload like all my content because we were going to like travel back and whatnot. And so I wouldn't be around to make stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, I had to like leave my laptop there and it just uploaded a bunch of videos. (laughs) One of these days you and I need to sit down and uh, tell funny stories because I can tell the story about a prostitute um, trying to get me to take her to my room at one of the events. (laughs) And, just the crazy shit that happens at those events and the shit hotel rooms like super eight dude if somebody bitches about that it's like you don't realize how expensive those places are when you visit because everybody raises the price anyway a burger was like 22 bucks when we went to the local place so we were like going to the 7-eleven this beat up nasty Mm -hmm. 7-eleven and getting like pop tarts you know i mean anything that was super and that was still like six bucks for you know four pop tarts or something (laughs) it's just people don't realize how expensive those events are Oh, yeah. I remember I went to uh, my first ever event. I went to San Francisco for Far Cry 4. And uh, I guess this doesn't really have to do with hiking up the prices, but like going out of my way for food because this hotel didn't have a vending machine in it anywhere. And so um, it was like 11 at night. And me and my best friend being complete morons are like, let's walk out into the middle of the city that we've never been to at this time of night. And so I remember walking to... Um, this beat up like, convenience store getting a drink and on my way there I saw a cop running down like three people and then on my way back right outside my hotel some guy was like had his shirt off and he was getting arrested against the, the cop car I was just like holy shit man like, it's San Francisco <laughs> baby yeah right I, I was I was shocked <laughs> I shouldn't yeah, have been I, I was dumb. San Francisco has some good stories, uh, yeah. uh, crime and stuff like that. And where you stay can be one block away from the scariest part of town. I think it's that's crazy. exactly what happened. Because like during the day, I was like, oh, this is really nice. Huh? Did you go, when you went to Ubisoft's, I went to a, under, a slightly underground building. Yeah. The Watchdogs one. Dude, yeah. I, think, I think I might have stayed like very close to where you did. Because it was like, nice place, nice place, shit hovel. And then, like, a courtyard, and then on the other side of this courtyard, where all these musicians would be playing, like, the street instruments, was this slightly underground building where they had mm-hmm. the Watchdogs event. So I bet you it's their, it must be, like, their major place to rent and do yeah, those events. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about, because I remember, like, walking around and seeing, uh, actually, very, very popular YouTuber now. Some people may be familiar with uh, Noah J456. Um he was at this event. This was way, way, way before his channel like completely exploded. He had like a hundred thousand subs, and I bumped into him, and I was like, "Hey, what's going on, man?" Shook his hand, and we're like looking for the this this spot for the event. You know, we we walk there and we're using the Google Maps, and we're just in the middle of this random street. And then like some Ubisoft employee walks up there, like, "Hey, follow yep. us!" And like we walk down this steep hill, take a right into this 
pretty much like a construction area where it's just this like empty warehouse almost. And yep, uh, that's exactly the place. Yeah, that's exactly the place. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know we went. That that's crazy. I mean, yeah. it would make sense, but well, they, they got to cut costs too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 on the PC, it'll be happening soon. Oh, thank yeah. You, thank you for right. joining for yeah. us for our stories. Thanks, thanks, th- thanks for coming. Uh, we still do have a question, though, and this one comes from Kopi the Kitten. He asks, Red Dead Redemption 2 seems to be releasing simultaneously on the Rockstar Launcher and the Epic Game Store, and then Steam a month later. Seems like Epic is just losing out at this point. Most people who would want the game would buy it on the Rockstar Launcher, and anyone else would wait for Steam. Why would Epic pay for a month's worth of exclusivity that doesn't seem to be worth it? And that's a good point, I think, Kopi, because I don't know why they do that. Maybe I'm thinking too narrowly, but it's on another launcher. So it's kind of like the Outer Worlds, right? Where the Outer Worlds has Epic Game Store, but now it's on Microsoft's Windows Store because Microsoft owns them. So it's like, okay, you could split it up that way, um, but you're not going to get it for Steam. But in the case of Rockstar, it's coming out on Steam just a month later. Uh, Ubisoft does does same day release on both uh, Epic and UPlay, so my assumption amount it's I'm sure it's not anywhere near what they pay like an indie to release their game fully exclusive. Mm. But I think with Rockstar also it's that launcher thing, and Rockstar maybe like has no problem sharing the bit you know the bandwidth a little bit while they get their shit fixed because this launcher and... just came live last month yeah and you know what i'm just thinking of now is rockstar probably looked at it in a sense of they're obviously getting paid for that exclusivity sure but they're also probably looking at it like which by the way is crazy think of how much money rockstar and take two has yeah but i'm not surprised because take two's literally put anything they have underneath them on the epic game store because the money there is just ludicrous um but perhaps Rockstar looked at this and said, okay, now people have to choose in that first month between two launchers. They'll come to ours. Yeah. Could almost like drive them some business inadvertently. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it, it makes sense. I, I just think it's not the amount people probably, um, you know, have been hearing about with, uh, with like the indie titles. Mm-hmm. It's probably nowhere near that amount of money. Dog, shut the fuck up. Sorry, he was he was breaking up my thought pr- process. Um, <laughs> but if it's only a month, I would assume, yeah, it's just it's probably just a small amount of money and who knows why. Like I said, they just started that launcher. There's been some issues with it. Maybe there's a deal that they do this and test it now. Like Microsoft does weird releases with Epic too. So to mm-hmm. me it's it's not at all like I don't know what the term would be. Well, also, remember, Maddie, they get nothing for Steam, now that I think about it. So if I said, I'll give you a dollar, or this person will give you nothing, but ah, we will both so offer you the same thing. Okay. Yeah, so to me, maybe they're just, I mean, I don't know. Like, hmm. it, maybe they wanted to release on another platform anyway, and they were just, I mean, because there is, a lot of people don't even have the Rockstar launcher anyway. I mean, how I many people... Yeah, I don't even have it installed on my PC yet. So maybe those people, they're just like, well, we'll capture them with Epic. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. Anyway, Kopi, great question. Yeah. And uh, we got we got another story. This time, it has to do with Fallout. Whoop. So, yes, there was a, a Fallout Legacy collection that leaked a couple of days ago. Um, pretty much what it was... 
was you'd see, you'd see Fallout 1, 2, Tactics, Fallout 3, Game of the Year Edition, Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition, Fallout 4, Game of the Year Edition. Everyone's like, oh my god. You know, if this comes to consoles, this will be amazing. And it was just confirmed today, Friday, as we record this, that this is, in fact, a legitimate product, which we all pretty much knew because it was on GameStop, it was on the German Amazon yeah. website. Uh, so we knew it was, it was going to happen, <clears throat> but it was confirmed as PC only and in the UK and Germany only. Now, I did a little bit of uh, digging um, for a video that I uploaded today on Friday as well, um, and I found out that actually Fallout 3 was banned in Germany for about three years. Um, so I feel like... Because of the Brotherhood? I don't know what it was actually because I read that the reasoning, like I'm saying like what they saw and directly said no to because the uh-huh. reasoning was they thought it was bad for minors. Like it was not good for minors to play that game. And okay. I, I was, I was, there was no like specific reasoning other than that. And then I ended up learning that IGN fought for Bethesda to get this game unbanned in Germany. So I think this game's been available for... Uh, a, a while in Germany to, to purchase and play, but now this is another route uh, for for them to access the entirety of the collection because it was just a Fallout 3 ban. I don't think it was a problem in the future with other titles, but I was reading forum posts and stuff and people were like, I'm German and I can't play the game kind of thing. So I was very surprised by that. Anyway, uh, Fallout Legacy only on PC. Um, what is What is your just general takeaway? So what you're saying... You're saying it's it's only on PC and it's not in America. It's only in Germany and only in where? Uh, UK. What what sense does that make? Am I missing something? Is it just because they think it's because it's not fixed? It's not like remastered. Are they just? I don't understand. You. You're on the same page as everyone else. As someone who's in the thick of it, I guess I've had time to process it more. But yeah, what they're doing doesn't make sense. The only reasoning that people have come up with, myself included, is uh, behind me. You can't see it, but I have this like mini nuke. Yeah, It's the Fallout Anthology. And inside it is Fallout 1, 2, 3 Game of the Year, uh, New Vegas Ultimate Edition Tactics, uh, and a slot for 4. But 4 didn't come out at the time of its release. I think it came out in September, two months before the game came out. So actually the Bethesda account that announced this legacy collection said the reason they were doing this or the difference between this and the anthology was that four is included. And it's also a lot cheaper. The anthology was like 90 or a hundred bucks. And right. And this is like $40 and it's all the games. It's not like you're buying mm-hmm. the nuke. So that's the difference. But at the end of the day, you're, you're not wrong with how you feel where, a lot of us are just going, why? Like, why are you doing this? Why now? Um, and also I found through a viewer, um, they're doing what's called the Bethesda RPG pack, um, which is Skyrim <laughs> Special Edition and Fallout 4 right. Game of the Year Edition together for 30 euros. Um, once again, this was found on the German Amazon site. So I don't know why they're suddenly making this big EU push. I, I feel like something had to have happened where they're like, okay, now we can start moving more units there. But, like, for example, that Bethesda RPG pack, I, it might exist in the States already. Someone can correct me on it. But if it doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't know why that wouldn't come to the States. Fallout Legacy, sure, whatever. But, like, the RPG pack, for if I could get for, like, 40 bucks both those games and I've never played either of them before, which, believe it or not, a lot of people haven't yet, um, that's that's a stupidly good deal for two good games. 
Yeah, I'm just, I'm not quite getting it. I mean, maybe I'm, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm not understanding well, here, whatever their, their push is. Let's talk it out. So we'll start off with where the confusion begins. For you, is it why they're releasing it? Why are they not releasing? Why are they just releasing it in these two distinct areas? Like, yeah, if it was a know. if it was a <laughs> solitary kind of thing, it wouldn't just be Germany and UK. It'd be like, oh, Germany, UK, Australia. You know what I like? It'd be it, it's mm. it's it's a small target. Not that the UK is small, but it is when you think about there's all these other places that it could release. So I think your idea is right that maybe it has something to do at minimum with the original banning. And then you said kids, right? I can see why Germany might think that, especially in vats when you blow somebody's head off and in slow motion flies off their body. Like, mm -hmm. I know, you know, knowing the German sensor board and how they, and we have German people in your Discord and mine, right. that does, I can see, I uh, I know that they would probably go, yep, that's that's Germany for you. But why the UK? No, like, this is strange. My only reasoning was, <clears throat> oh, okay, maybe maybe the Fallout Anthology didn't come to the, to Europe. But Eurogamer has an article. Um, Fallout Anthology brings five classic RPGs to Europe in October. And this was July 23rd, 2015. Uh, Fallout Anthology has just been announced grouping five beloved post-apocalyptic RPGs together. Fallout 1, 2, Tactics, 3, Game of the Year, New Vegas Ultimate. And there's an extra slot for four when it launches on November 10th. <laughs> hmm. And then it mentions a U.S. price of... Oh, it was 50 bucks. I'm sorry. That was, that was not a lot at all. That was a great deal. I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I really, and and the story, understandably so, hasn't gained any traction outside of, like, the Bethesda community because people are like, all right, you know, whatever. It's it's not what we right. hoped it was. And, and I don't think, like, outside of my community, how many people just hold their hearts and, like, the idea of Fallout 3 coming to PlayStation 4, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just disappointing, and I think we can't blame our expectations, because when you see a collection, like, how often do you see a collection of beloved games go exclusive to a platform, exclusive in a country? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, there's got to be something we're missing, and it's mm -hmm. surprising that they, that like, uh, so when the initial press announce came out, let's say it was due to whatever reason, you would think they'd say, hey... This anthology's here, um, you know, thanks to the censor board, we're now accept, you know, we're now accepted in Germany. Or so, mm -hmm. I don't know, but you would yeah. think there would be a, an excerpt there on a tweet saying, "Now finally available in the UK mm -hmm. and Germany," or whatever. Yeah, but instead, it's like, this. Please stand by for pre-order. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's that's completely odd to me. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason. It's just right now, I cannot fathom what that would be. Yeah, I'm sure there's something that makes sense because it's a very weirdly timed push of German products out of nowhere. Yeah, um, but the UK only is is really strange, especially because it's a digital release. Mm. This isn't a physical thing; it's a digital release. That's why it just doesn't really make sense. Two R Three M asks us: It's just got to be a matter of time at this point before the Legacy Collection gets released on consoles, right? And uh, what do you think of that? Would you like to see that on consoles? It the if it was le what one legacy yeah like one what two... game oh yeah sorry uh, no that's all right I just I'm not familiar with the legacy what was in legacy um so that though if you're talking about the original Fallout one and two as turn based 
point and in also favor. three New Vegas and and four. Oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, but to be honest, Maddie, if they're going to do that, I honestly feel that Bethesda is at a point now where they can't just they shouldn't just do that. They should include bug fixes and like because mm-hmm. um, here's what I don't want. I don't want what we've got with other Skyrim releases where they still haven't fixed the same fucking bug from day one. Right. Right. That's in now four and then it carried into 76. It, exactly. And so what I would like to see is if they are going to do that, they're like, OK, we're going to do it. But. It won't just be the legacy edition. It'll be there'll be some fixes. Dogs, shut up. There'll be some fixes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not as behind it as other people would be. I wouldn't want it just packaged up and resold back to us. I would want it packaged up and them to say these improvements are included uh, with Fallout Four. These improvements are included with Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. But that's just me wanting a lot from Bethesda. Probably more than they're willing to give. I was going to say it's probably more than what they're <laughs> willing to give. I'm at the point where I'm just like, just give me a port. You know, like, if it comes with the right. bugs, that's how I've played it for 10 years in the case of, like, Fallout 3. I can I can deal so with it. So you just want Fallout 3 on the new consoles? Well, the way I look at it is this, and I learned this over time because in the heat of Fallout 4, everyone was a big Fallout fan. Then immediately after, no one really liked Fallout outside of New Vegas. And as the dust has settled after 76, I'm learning how many people... I went to a wedding just a weekend ago, and I found out that this woman's first fallout game was fallout 76 and i've been hearing stuff like that a lot which yeah god bless interesting her soul. um yeah. i've been hearing that a lot despite it's pop how popular the franchise is and i keep thinking the amount of people who have not played fallout 3 or new vegas it has to be staggering you know and, and so the originals i saw it's just a rumor but i saw that the source code was missing for these games so i don't know you know, how easily it is to just port that over because then Bethesda would just have to remake it, um, which would take a lot more than I'm sure they were willing to do once again. But Fallout 3 in New Vegas, man, I mean, I I wish there was a package of that on current consoles, not only because I just want it and I want to play it, but there's just so many people, I feel, who still haven't experienced it. I think one of the issues that might be holding them back is the Xbox versions are not only backwards compatible, they're enhanced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if you have the X you get like anastropic filtering and hugely improved anti-aliasing. So for one quicker console, load times too, right? Quicker. Yeah. So for one console, and I'm not saying it's the most popular console. I'm just saying for one entire group, for example, I just reviewed ghostbusters and the exact same problem occurred with ghostbusters today is that you're, if you'd be selling into a group that already has the same version, just with some slight alterations. And I don't know, maybe they're looking at it and going, it's popular, but where do we want to put our resources? I And maybe the port for PS4 is hard to do. Remember, the Probably. PS3 port wasn't very good, Maddie. So would, do we... Yeah, so like <laughs> maybe they're... Maybe the one that they want to do, PS4, mm-hmm. like maybe they're looking at it going, we'd actually have to like redo all the memory allocation because the save game bugs. Maybe they're just like, eh. But Skyrim uh, special editions came out on the consoles, didn't they? Yes. Hmm. I don't, man, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I just know that a lot of people have experienced the Xbox backwards compatibility version. So I, so ignoring the Xbox side, I, I don't know why they wouldn't do it for the PS4 because they're close with Bethesda too. I mean, so is yeah. Microsoft, but it <clears throat> seems like Sony might be like, here's a couple of ducats. Let's get final, let's get, you know, uh, Fallout on the PS4. It mm-hmm. seems to me like that would make sense. I agree. Weird. Yeah. Interesting. I don't really, know. Really, really weird. Well, 
Hopefully huh. it'll make its way to consoles eventually. I feel like it's only a matter of time just because so many games are, like, the, these next set of consoles are kind of designed to be like, okay, this is like your PC. Fully backwards. Where, where, yeah, where everything's yeah. here. And so yeah. I think that's why you're starting to see more companies go to remaking, like, a, a Resident Evil 2. It's like, that's going to forever be the definitive yeah. Resident Evil 2 now. Oh, for sure. And, and like, yeah. porting stuff over and saying, you know, we're not going to remake this. We're just going to bring this so that it's available for everybody. Um, it's it's just strange when you see Bethesda bring back Doom 1, 2, and 3, and you're like, those are fucking old, okay? And those are on yeah. all systems, but no Fallout? That That's that's something I forgot to bring up in my video, and that's, like, one of the most valid points of all. It's like, why? <laughs> it might be tech, then. Maybe It's, it, it's got to be. It's yeah, maybe be. there's something with those save because they did have all kinds of issues. Maybe yeah. they're just like they don't want to dive into it. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to Doom, by the way, because Doom is great. <clears throat> I actually want to replay uh, Doom three. I played the first Doom so many times, but I want to replay Doom three because when I first played it, I was expecting Doom one, you know, more right. fast paced. But then I found out it was kind of like a creepy game, and I bitched out because I just was younger at the time. So I was like, "Fuck that!" Um, but I think I'm ready now, so I kind of want to pick that up. But uh, that is off topic. So now, Carrick, we get into your favorite game of the year, man. Your is one that you've just been talking about so highly on Twitter. We're gonna talk about oh, Ghost dude. Rig- <laughs> Hell yeah, Ghostbusters. Oh no, you mean Ghost? Uh huh. So let's hear it. I've I was offered a code by Ubisoft a good amount in advance, and I just didn't feel good about the game. I really wasn't interested, so I declined the code. Um, and I'm happy I did because that game does not look fun. It looks like exactly what you and I bitched about with Wildlands. Uh, are you going to prove me wrong here and make me give it a shot or, um, no, I said rent or deep, deep sale, like five or 10 bucks might be worth it because a lot of people might be, uh, dude. And I see people on, uh, different forums who are actually having a great time, which is exactly what happened with Wildlands where I was like, you're having a good time. But I, I once, I, you know, and that's cool and everything. But yeah, I just, dude, mm-hmm. I, 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 it is like, I think five, ten bucks is a, a fair price. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's it, at least right now, so it's sad. got some, dude. It's if how do you feel about Wildlands? You said just hold off to every everything, right? Did you? I give would it not like recommend. An... I would not recommend that game to anybody okay. just because I thought it was so boring. Like it, it okay. had content, bang for your buck, but it was just nothing. Nothing of it was fun to me. So, I okay. So I would say my. I would say I probably if on a like a scale of one to a hundred, you were probably at a ten percent enjoyment. I was probably at eleven for Wildlands. Now, <laughs> with this game, I'm at a ten. And the only reason it didn't get a, uh, a like a never touch is because it does work. It do, I mean, it does. It does work, and it's got some. It's got beautiful landscapes to run around. It's got some fun shooting at times. But dude, if there's ever a game that looks like every item from every other game has been mashed together into one, that is this game. It is crazy. It is Division. It's Wildlands. It's Assassin's Creed. And oh, then like a lot of assets. all of it. Okay. Just the ideas, the inventory oh. of division, the HUD of this, the the gameplay style of this, they're all smashed together. And instead of Ghost Recon, you get Ghost Assassin's Creed Wildlands. And you're just like, okay, what do I do? How do I unpack this? It was actually so difficult to unpack everything that was going on the screen and all the different systems. that It's the first time I think I've ever taken notes where I'm like, okay, so... 
for example, you get items like you like Division Two. Yeah, I thought that or was did a you great play? game. That was a great game. Right. Okay. So, and you know the gear system. So you got yeah. Division Two. You got the gear system. You know what you're buying into. This one's got the same st- type of gear system, but they did something I thought was cool. Headshots still kill enemies. Yeah. However, then that neuters the real reason for the fucking gear system, because you're what happens is it's there but if you're one of those people that's like shooting heads most of the time which i think we all are in those types of games yeah yeah so all of a sudden you're like okay i've got a really low gun but i'm still wait i'm still like laying waste to people who are fucking three times my level so you usually just wait for the type of weapon if you like an m16 you don't care about the other guns you just wait for another m16 and i think what happened in division sorry i'm flying here i think what happened in division is you got an M16, but then a UMP comes up and it does more damage, and you need that. Mm-hmm. So you then go to the UMP. You're like, okay, I need this, even if I don't love the gun. And what happens is, at least with Division, I tried guns I would never try before because it had more damage. And I'm like, oh, I sort of like the P90 in this game. Like, that's great. You don't do that ever in, in this game, ever. You're just like, <laughs> like, once I found a gun I liked, I was just all, I'm just going to shoot heads until I get the next version of this gun I like, hmm. which is a higher level. And I'll just up, I'll just, con- and when you upgrade one base type, your M4, with upgrades like range and skill and, or range and headshots and all that, it actually adds to every other gun in that M4 category. So it's very weird. So instead of upgrading a gun and then the next four M4 you get, you need to work to upgrade that, it's actually fully upgraded because you've upgraded the base M4. It's weird. So you're just like, what am I doing this See, for? Yeah, it just doesn't and sound like good game design. That It's not. It's <laughs> not. But what, what's funny is, if you know that, like I always tell people forewarned, you'll probably enjoy this more than me. Because I had to go into it blind. Like if you were reviewing it, you go into it blind. And you have to, right. but if you get to warn people, then the people who might like that are like, okay, I know, I know what they're saying now. But guess mm. what? It's still fun to shoot. And it is. It's also got very bad sound. I'm telling you, Maddie, it is the weirdest sound I've ever seen. I had the Borderlands sound guys on today's podcast, and even they were agreeing. If you have your headphones on, you can hear a dude 400 yards away like he's right in front of you. It's it's broken. So when you're you're trying to stealth, when you're trying to stealth, you're like, is that guy here, or is he at the complex that is over a hill and you're and he is half the time you'll be like i'm firing i'm gonna kill this guy in front of me i'm not gonna worry if this dude's near me i'm gonna take you know i'm gonna worry about it if he pops up mm-hmm. and you'll fire nothing and you'll be all but he's talking i can hear him talking about like the company the evil company you'll walk up over the hill nobody there you'll swim through a pond you'll go up over another hill can you and there's a barricade underwater? or does the water uh, not cut out it water muffles everything okay it's so you know the it does so the you can sound still effect. hear him kind of talking but i think you probably can but i didn't i that i didn't pick yeah, that's very it's very specific question so yeah yeah but it's just it's it's odd and yet at the same time going in and killing people is still fun or can be uh with co-op and i actually admit i enjoyed the pvp which i never thought i would hmm. so the pvp balances out your inventory obviously so, like, right. you can't buy yourself into success. So, Division um, 2 does that as well. Division 2 does that. And yet, I got a good group one time. And even though I died second out of four, I was... You get to, you know, you ping your enemy if you see him. You can help him because you're a drone almost. And you can, like, look around and help people on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. with what's... So, you feel sort of invested. 
in what's still occurring. You're not just like, please just reload the fucking, you know, the level. Like, I hope this guy dies. And uh, that was fun. I okay. mean, not amazing, but it was, that enjoyable. was enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was enjoyable. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's a mess. And the AI, dude. So did you know that they patched down Division's AI? I found this out. Really? Did you know that? No, Division... I didn't hear that. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't once either. I, uh... And then I... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just no, one, go for it. Once I finished, the, no, once I finished Division Two, that was a game I really liked. I'd still recommend it to people. Um, but it, like, I, I I tell this story all the time. I literally got to the end game screen, right? Like they they repopulate the map. They're like, you can replay these yeah. missions. You can replay that. I'm like, right. I have no interest in that, and I just stopped playing. I literally just stopped. I was like, this was a great game, but I'm done. And yeah. so I haven't seen any of the patches, patch notes, updates. I saw the trailers at E3, but that's as far as it goes. And you reviewed it same time I did. Yeah. Right? So when we played it, we played it with normal difficulty. From what I understand, and I found this out yesterday. Did I review it? Or prior to the... I thought you did... Or you did an impressions, one of the two. I think I did. Sorry, keep going. I have Um, to check. No, that's all right. (laughs) So uh, from what I understand, when I looked it up prior to the review, the Division 2's AI was really fairly good. um, And actually, in some places, a little powerful. So they patched it down. And... What feels like is going on here is they patched it even lower. We actually, I actually did not. It's we pretty just, easy. We, we talked about the Division 2 with Colin when he came on. That's what it was. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. why we went in on it. Because uh, I know I know he liked the game a lot. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's sad because Ubisoft, that's when you know they're clearly like a very much like a global team. Because you'll have something like right. Division 2 where you're like, this is good. Or Rainbow Six Siege. And then you'll have this. And you just go, what? I'm glad you mentioned that though, though, because people I've seen people be like Ubisoft is fucked this game, and then when I, oh some people said there were some Division Two issues when it launched. I I was fine, but I was people were like oh people were like oh this indicates a problem. I'm like you don't even realize how development works at Ubisoft, do you? <laughs> like dude, they've got massive teams all over the world. This is a different team, just like Syndicate made mm-hmm. uh, Odyssey. You know, you know what I mean. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it to me, this just indicates whatever team put this together liked everybody else's shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and smashed yeah. it together, and it didn't. It didn't turn and out. In, in all, uh, in all fairness, and this is not to discredit any developers, but. I mean, look, we saw how we we talked to the point of redundancy of how, how boring we thought Ghost Recon Wildlands was. We called it boring lands. We just roasted the game up, uh, but it still sold stupidly well. And stupidly and you, well. And you just have to wonder. You know, we were talking about complacency earlier with PlayStation, but was there some here with Ubisoft where they're like, uh, eh, you know, why innovate? <laughs> Let's just take everyone else's ideas. And by everyone else's, I mean within their own company and just mash them together because i think it makes that's sense what, that's what far cry sort of started to develop into and i didn't very like much that. so you know that's the thing far cry was very fun and then it started to just become this culmination of unoriginal ideas from other games put into theirs and and while you didn't like it it's funny you mentioned far cry because i did talk abzi into playing far cry primal oh, you fool. and one of the reasons why he fool. liked it he loves it but here's why because it is not in the line of Far Cry's. It's prior makes sense. to... So even though, for whatever reason, like, you didn't like it and others... You know, it, you're not the only one. Like, mm. people didn't like it. What happens is it's a break from one, two, three, four, five. I would probably like it more now. I'll be honest. Pro- I, know, probably, I know we joke yeah. about it, but I, I would probably yeah. like it more now. Just yeah. because... And, 
at the it, time it, it felt feel like, like the others. flawed execution, but yeah. now it's like, oh my god, something refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, look back and go, man, we had it good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's and Far Cry Five and New Dawn, I in particular felt those issues were cropping up. Mm. On the other hand, Odyssey, I felt that they nailed it. Yeah, yeah, God so, Almighty, yeah. I mean, when you really look at it, I want the, I wanted this game to be good, but Ubisoft's had yeah. like a good number of launches pretty consistently throughout the last yeah two three years where. I think they were kind of due for a pretty big dud like this, but I just didn't like how quickly people like, you know, and it deserves its scrutiny, its criticism, and we'll get into microtransactions because we actually have a question based off of that, but uh, they, they deserved all of that, but like people were very quick to just hit them with like the Ubisoft was never good, you know, they're going down the tube, yeah. and I'm just it, like, it's hold weird. on, hold on, like, you know, we can have our talk about time savers in Odyssey and Origins, absolutely, but like... Odyssey was still a fucking great game. That was a yep. really good game. We could talk about Siege and, and how scaling with rewards and, and, and how much the game gives you for playing versus just paying for a pass gives you... Ver- yeah, I get it. Like There are valid arguments, but I just feel like Ubisoft is is a very underappreciated company for the space they're in, AAA. And um, you know, I, I even talked to a developer working on an unannounced project at Ubisoft. He's a game director there. And uh, he was saying, like, you know, I love working here. Like, it, they they treat their employees right. It's it, I'm very happy here compared to other yeah. studios. So, and yep. that's something I hear a lot about Ubisoft, which you yep. don't hear about some of your favorite developers, even if we get good games. So, I just think Ubisoft sometimes so, gets a so true a bad hand. Um, I'm not leaping to the defense of Ghost Recon, but just a just a little something to think about for folks. And just because you and I talk to a particular group, um. For instance, this, you know, a review may do a couple hundred thousand views. When you look at, like, everybody, that's such a minute amount. And yeah. then of all those people, some may just agree on some things. Some may just go, okay, forewarned. I still had I still had people, uh, you know, look at my review and be like, I get it. I get every complaint you're saying, but I'm still loving it. My Facebook is filled with that, by the way. Oh, my, yeah. on, the, on the break point, yes. The very first post was like, this is so completely true. And like objective of a review, and yet I'm having a blast. And then the very next person was like, "Agreed, all of these issues exist. I'm still having fun, and that's why fun factor I think matters because we've all liked a shitty game or a not great game. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. There, there are some games that I'll say Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three is probably the best, most recent example of all of that because holy crap, man, that game is so fucking messy. I think like the the way the story's delivered, like I just think that game's very bad in a lot of ways, but it's just very fun to play. Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, that's all that matters. Anyway, uh, as my dogs howl to the heavens about how much they can't stand Ghost Recon, um, we will now get into microtransactions, which, as you can tell, they're they're clearly very angry about. Um, so this question comes from our Jamie, and he asks. Or, uh, there's an, or rather he states, there's another YouTuber I listened to that covered the micros and Breakpoint, and he said something that I agreed with, but I want to know what you guys feel. He said that if you defend this kind of monetization in games, then you're a part of the problem. I totally agree with that because I talked about this with a friend of mine, and he argued that it's not a big deal because other games have uh, over-monetized in the past, and that as long as he doesn't buy any of them, it's more or less harmless. I couldn't even argue that because in a way I can see that it's valid, but in the bigger picture I feel like it just doesn't work. What do you think? Very good question. 
Yeah. Hmm. Uh, how can I? How can I start? Um. I I think what your friend said is true. Part of the reason microtransactions exist is because a company sees that people are buying them and goes, "Oh, more money on top of just game sales," because it's almost like a static market at that point when you when 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 it was originally just here's the game here's your money and and that was the end of it there was no like updates expansions anything you just paid for the game and that was it and so it's sort of an evolution of the business to, to make more money um which i'm not justifying but i don't blame companies from a business owner perspective for putting microtransactions in because it is so much stupid amounts of money that they make on top of it and it does alleviate some developmental pressure at times um and it does allow for a bigger budget in the future but then you you look at um we'll use greedfall you look at a company like spiders where their each game got bigger more pretty uh pushing that boundary of triple a more but did not cave into microtransactions so i see those games and because they're so few and far between we just think oh it's a special project but i think it's a lot i don't want to say easier but it's a lot more manageable to get a game out and have it look good like a Greedfall and have it achieve what it wants to do like Greedfall did without too many sacrifices and still make money off of it. You know, I think that's very well possible. I just think at the end of the day, I hate to drop the word greedy devs and stuff because you see that in like every fucking YouTube title and every article. And I just feel like greed has lost its actual meaning. Like people just think because a company likes to make money you know, they're greedy. Right. It's like, it's like, no, they're a fucking business. They're going to try to make money to some extent. Um, it's just about how much they want to like ham fist it into products. I don't think there's a general issue with people. If there's skins in a game or there's some sense of monetization there, as long as it's a, not intrusive and B it's totally unavoidable. Like I think Odyssey is a good example where there were time savers there. I put 50 hours into the game. I didn't feel walled off. I didn't feel like I wasn't getting enough XP or I'm a big stickler on progression. Like I like to be either getting a new piece of equipment, a new skill, a new ability, leveling up. Something has to be happening within like an hourly basis. Okay. And if it's not, I I get very disappointed with the product. Um, But then you can have like that superficial progression. Like I'll bring up Marvel Ultimate Alliance three where, where it was like the, the ISO eight and, and the dust for the <laughs> ISO eight and then your character abilities. And then the goal, right. like it was like, a, it was definitely a free to play game before anything I could, I will, I will put money on that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of facets to it. Um, it's always a hard conversation to have because there's so many valid arguments on both sides. I believe. Carrick thinks deeply. I, I think the question is skewed on purpose not because of what he wrote but when you say defend i think that's indicating that in some way there's like an instant wrong Hmm. and i would point to multiple games that are 9.99 that have micros that i think is completely legit mmos that are micros and then the discussion breaks down even further to when is the price too much to have micros and he didn't put 60 bucks and instead stated the problem is the anybody who defends it additionally i think some people pretend that talking about is defending and to me that's in many ways sort of trying to pretend like they can curb your discussion about it not mm-hmm. him because he asked us right. uh, 
But I think a lot of times people try to pretend like it's like it's my way or the highway. And when it comes down to how games are delivered now, there's so many games. For example, Greedfall. You're completely right. You got a pretty good looking game and it didn't cost them a bunch. It was five or ten million. I can't remember what we figured out. Uh, they announced how much it was, but you have the certain amount of money. It also wasn't the kind of game many people expected 200 hours out of. Once you start getting these games that are services that are long time or an MMO that's a long time, I think also to pay for developers, because if the game sells for 60, it's almost like somebody expects that they pay 9.99 in one month to get a free car wash as many times as they want. And they think 9.99 will get them free car washes for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a little bit disingenuous um, as like a, a stickling, a, a sticking point. If we're talking about 60 bucks, I don't like microtransactions day one at all. Um, and I don't really think there's much defensible about that. Uh, like, that's a pretty solid point. Like, to me, if it's the full price, there shouldn't be micros day one. But at some point, I, I guess I stop worrying about it if they're added later. For example, I hated Ghost Recons. But let's say Ghost Recons came two months from now then depending on what they were still selling it for and stuff like that then the discussion i think would slightly change again depending on the sell the price point the price point's a big deal man if a game's like 10 bucks and their their entire business plan is on micros right i'm not gonna say that they can't do that 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 to me seems like a person doesn't understand the very basics of business and that's mm -hmm. a little nerve-wracking to me yeah, I, I think people are having a, a tough time understanding with microtransactions. It's hard for me to even say so because everyone wants a stance on it. What side are you on? And I think with microtransactions, people struggle because there isn't a side because every situation is different because there's so many game prices, exactly. game types. Like, is it multiplayer only? Is it a single-player game? Is it single-player with the multiplayer expansion? Is it free-to-play? What are the microtransactions like? How are they delivered? How are they earned through gameplay? How are you? How much are you paying? Yeah. There's too many what-ifs for every situation because every company has a different uh, financial status and a different goal, and they want to meet that in a different way. So Bethesda may price a loot box, or I'm sorry, a fridge in Fallout 76 at $7, while, while CD Projekt Red may be in a financial position where, okay, we're going to push 18 million units in the lifetime of cyberpunk. So the, the DLC off the bat's free. It's free. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, that's how we're going to, we're going to sell this game. And, and because it's going to, it's going to go off the store shelves, we can afford this and we'll still make yeah. a ton of money. So it, it depends on where everyone's at, where Bethesda's like, let's try to get blood out of a stone here. 76 is going down, pay us seven bucks for a fucking fridge. Some YouTube memer guy will do it and uh, we'll make our money. And I think both of you, you and I agree, if we pretend this isn't a discussion about all games, but just Ghost Recon, nobody, I don't, I've never heard anybody defend Ghost Recon's microtransactions. No, Ever. definitely not. It, as in this game or any, like, I've never heard it. In, in fact, New Dawn I hated because it had micros. Um, Far Cry 5 I hated. Now, that doesn't mean the game sucks. You still have to review the game. Mm -hmm. You still have to actually cover the product. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I don't think, I, I don't know about you. I haven't seen anybody release a video saying... Micros are fine, but on the other hand, I'm not going to control them if they say that. I'll think they're wrong, yeah. but I'm not going to like. I don't know. Should you release a <laughs> Should you release a fight video every time somebody says something stupid on the internet? You'll literally never do anything else for the rest of your life, right? Imagine that. Would you? 
Dude, can you imagine that? If you were just looking on the internet for shit to fight about, you'd never release another video. Mm. Just be constantly releasing those. I thought you meant when someone... I, I totally misinterpreted that. I thought when you said oh. releasing a video, a fight video when someone says shit on the internet, I thought you meant like, oh. you look up your name, someone's talking shit, and you send them like a video you shadow box in, like you're no, knocking the no, fuck no. out for talking shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean every time somebody has an opinion you don't agree with, you're just, right. you know, you're just releasing a... a, a, a uh, antagonistic or, mm. or uh, anti-video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody truly defending it. But if they did, whatever. I don't agree. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And like I said, I think because the industry is so like... Xbox or PlayStation, like, microtransactions are no. Like, it's always ticking aside that people are having an issue with understanding, like, it's just a case-by-case basis. Also, I don't know about you, Maddie. Don't you find it weird that, like... Uh, in in this conversation, this particular person is not representative of everybody, but it's all he's also not alone. Where mm-hmm. somebody would be like, I had this conversation with somebody, and I was trying to prove them wrong. Now, I don't know about you, but like ninety percent of the conversations I have with friends are not about trying to prove them wrong about microtransactions in right. a game. It's very we. I don't know if that's a group, the group I live with, but our conversations are like, "How are you gonna pay your rent, bitch?" <laughs> like, like you know, like, dude, you got to go to the doctor because you may have, you know, you're sick or whatever. It's like real conversations, and it's very odd to have. We just don't have those kind of conversations. I think it's because I'm open and pretty blatant about it, so maybe they don't want to hear me if I bitch about it. Maybe mm. they don't want to hear me be like, "You're dumb." But we don't, I don't know, do you have those with, like, you have that friend Vinny, right? Is Mm -hmm. that his name? Yeah. So, when you guys all get together, ignoring YouTube, by the way, so ignoring that you're a YouTuber, would you imagine having very many conversations where you were trying to prove to them they were wrong about, like, a game thing? A game thing? Yeah. No, because usually we we kind of, I don't know. Steer clear? No, we, he plays a lot of video games... All my friends really do, so it, it does become sure. sometimes okay. game-centric, but, yeah, it's never really... I don't know, we like to dunk on each other, so, like, yeah, sometimes proving each other wrong can happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I guess it never... I don't know, we don't sit down and discuss microtransactions, for example. Like exactly. We, we already just know it's... Right off the bat, it's a case-by-case thing, so we'll talk about... Yeah. Game X is microtransactions, if anything, but we won't sit down and be like, all right, let's debate this. Like, it'll be talking about the game first and then getting into the microtransactions, sort of. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said, where everybody wants to be on one side or the other. And mm. I, um, at least with the people I know, even in my Discord, we're usually not like that. Even though we may think that, you'll say it once, but it won't be a discussion. Mm. It'll be like, I disagree anyway, so how about those fucking, how about that football game? If that makes sense. So it's just yeah, like just stating on. the point and moving on. Yeah. yeah. What is that stick you have? I have no fucking clue, dude. I found it last podcast and I started playing with it. And I was like, it really helps my like mental acuity and stuff. If yeah. I continue using it like a wand. Yeah, I, I was no going to say, yeah, like, as you were stick. talking in sync, it was bouncing. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's almost impressive. I, I have no clue. No, I have fucking no clue what it is. <laughs> it's, but, it, but it's helped anyway. All right. I respect it. With that being said, we move on to the patron questions. We appreciate all of you who get involved during the show and ask topical questions. But now it's time to shift our attention to the random shit you guys want to ask us. So, Mike Fury, we'll start off. I'm sorry. No, not Mike Fury. 
you thought, Mike. We're starting off with Coleman, 36-16. What do you guys think of Mountain Banner? Mountain Blade Banner Lord. I actually don't know shit about it. Oh, it, dude. I, I get so asked good. about it on stream all the time. It's like the number really? one game I get asked about. Like, Maddie, what do you think of Mountain Blade? I'm like, I've never fucking played it. It looks dude. cool. I've watched gameplay on it. It looks really cool. The sequel? I think you'd like it. Yeah, the sequel. I think you'd like it. Um, yeah, I think I would, too. It it's just a different style of game completely. I'll just say I think I can't wait till it comes out, but there's not much data on it really on the sequel. It's coming out in You'd February, have... right? Yeah, but they've pushed like, dude, this is a sequel from like five years or six, seven years ago when yeah, the original came out. It's been, out. It's been pushed. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it'll for sure come out then. But overall, yeah, very excited. You know Kingdom Come. You like Kingdom Come? I can't yes, remember. I like that game. So it's like a janky ass but cool moddable version of kingdom come i don't know it because it, 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 it's got more realistic combat with like lances on horses yeah. and medieval um you know you can get mods that have your guys starved to death that kind of stuff um hmm. but your entire you're in wars with like 600 cpu guys yeah and you're... i saw it was kind of like the the moving between the map was almost like uh i don't think rts would be the right term hmm. But, but it is. It, no, you're right. It's like a top-down looking yeah. at that map, moving your guys around. And then, and then it goes into, like, action combat, like Lord yep. of the Rings Conquest. Like, I saw the bow and arrow gameplay. I was like, That's, that looks familiar. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I think you'd dig it uh, when this second one comes out. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Looks interesting. Mike Fury, now it's your turn. He asks, PlayStation prices have now, PlayStation Now prices dropped down to $10 a month. What do you guys think? Will it give Game Pass a run for its money? No, hold on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, first of all, I'm going to read what he actually wrote. All right, Mike, I'm picking on you now because I'm sick of this shit. shit. PS Now prices dropped down now to 10 a month. What do you guys think? Will is give Xbox Game (laughs) Pass a run or it's money? And it's edited. It's fucking edited. (laughs) I like that because he types like me. He types like me. Yeah, he was clearly doing something. Mike, <laughs> check your shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't think it will. I think PlayStation now still sucks. Carrick? Yeah, me too. No, nah, same. Great. Yeah, I don't, I don't think PlayStation now is going to compete with Xbox unless they let you download PS3 games, which they can't because of the infrastructure. So the, the system is inherently worse than the Game Pass. Yeah. <clears throat> JPAT93 asks... Do you guys see a broader list of backwards compatible games being available for the next generation of Xbox consoles? And do you see them becoming available upon console launch? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that would be, that'd be great for them because it gives you that feeling of when you buy your console day one. Right. It's not just about what are the three launch games, but oh, I can just throw in Fusion Frenzy and play with my friends. Uh, also, Microsoft's made it clear that backwards compatibility will be 100% anyway. So, That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, maybe, if, maybe if there's anything they're doing well. Compatible. Dude, so they did you know that they pulled the 360 team? They are done, unfortunately. They pulled the... They, uh, they, they basically stated they need to make sure that the new Xbox is backwards compatible with the what we're playing now. So they, All the right, team... Yeah, the team like two months ago had their last 12 games, and then they were like, okay... Now we're making sure that the next system is fully compatible with the current one you're playing. What about so, the original Xbox? 
Same. I haven't heard anything oh. at all about. Yeah, because dude, there's. So I know we're gonna mention some, but my favorite is a game called Rally, a uh, Rally Sport Championship Two. It's probably one of the best racers ever, and uh, I was really sad to see that not make it because it was. Mm -hmm. You could hack your 360 and play it backwards compatible, but there were some issues with uh, fog and graphical issues, right. and so a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're gonna add it to that," and they didn't. And then when the Xbox X and or xbox came out they were like oh they'll add it to this and they didn't there's a lot of original xbox games i'd love to see hmm. yeah i i just oh man is stranger's wrath backwards that was original xbox I, I don't know actually i mean they had an hd remaster on playstation for it yeah what is it with those guys in sony right they're uh, definitely I, in love yeah i think they just went I remember Oddworld has such a strange story because they obviously did Munch's Odyssey and then they shut down. They had a choice of whether they wanted to sell or just shut down. They decided to wait it out. And so they were closed and out of business for a while. And then with the digital storefront and like independent marketing, they were able right. to like remaster some games, re-release them on PlayStation. Because I guess and that was, well remember, that was when Sony back. was like big on indie. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. they hopped back in. They did well enough. They did uh new and tasty that did really well for them and then exodus they just had a ton of money and they were like all right let's just go and then limited and... run eats up oh, or God, limited yeah. run allows them to not worry about the physical stuff you know they just that, give yeah. them the iso and uh let's see here i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's not backwards compatible uh this is a t <laughs> damn I thought it, I just saw from the Oddworld Twitter account because I typed in uh, Stranger's Wrath backwards compatibility and I saw a tweet from Oddworld that says, surprise, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath is, and I'm like, it said out now. And I'm like, oh. okay, this is probably it. I click oh. on it and I it says out now for Apple TV. <laughs> uh, oh, wah, wah. That's, well, that's I mean, incredible. I guess for them. I don't think it is. Um, I don't think it is either. A lot of people asking for it though. Mm -hmm. Get a PlayStation, everybody. Or a Vita. You can play it on your Vita. It's on Vita, but not Xbox. That's crazy. <laughs> like I said, I believe that there... I, I re remember... Lore, what's his name, please? Uh, uh, Lauren Lanning. Lauren Lanning has an issue with Microsoft. Remember? And it, it's around mm -hmm. Stranger's Wrath. Something about um, the person who was heading the department he dealt with at Microsoft, he was not happy with. Because I remember there were articles where he was unhappy with Microsoft in particular. Something about that, the way they handled mm -hmm. either that game or some other title for them. And I remember he was he was shopping it elsewhere. Wow. Because I think they wanted to buy him, right? In fact, when they were doing bad, I'm pretty sure Microsoft was one of the companies, and he said no. He, does he, he not, turned down I don't, a lot of people. <laughs> he turned down a lot of people. I don't think he likes my... I think something burned him, and he just... He I know EA burned him with... Uh, oh, did they? Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. That was the story they burn he told him? me. He said that they, because it was I was talking to him in person. And he was, uh, I think he said they like pulled out at the last minute and per, like he his exact words were they literally fucked him like because they they reached far to make this game super popular and then like the funding was lost from EA so because they pulled out like last minute so they spent all this money I think on the game and then it was just sort of like rug pulled out from under them and they released it and obviously to a loss. And oh, that's why we that... didn't really see anything outside of uh, much. I think we saw Stranger's Wrath afterwards, but that was about it. And that took a while. And then Odyssey, uh, or I'm sorry, Obsidian, Microsoft pulled out of the game that became Tyranny. Because remember, mm -hmm. that was supposed yeah, to be yeah. an Xbox original. 
or sorry, an Xbox exclusive, and Microsoft pulled out and fucked, almost uh, bankrupted them. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know how they repaired their relationship to the point. Yeah, where I was going to say. I mean, clearly, you know, it's a sign that uh, all is not too bad between them because uh, yeah, right. You know, they own them now, and, and that's kind of yeah. crazy to think because a lot of people always say that like Obsidian hates Bethesda, Bethesda hates Obsidian. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they don't care about the fucking Metacritic deal anymore. Like, they're both very successful companies. Yeah, I mean, right, and they also, other than a couple, I'm sure a lot of people have left from both companies. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe for those two, maybe not as many, but... Well, Bethesda, what's that guy who left Bethesda that you were talking about on a podcast uh, after 12 years? Uh, Matt Grandstaff? Yeah, but was he somebody who would have dealt with, like, um, Obsidian during, like, the Metacritic deal? Maybe in, a, in his position that he was in before he left, but at the time I think oh, he okay. did kind of like community management. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. Stuff. Next question comes from Paul, formerly Dimples. What's the difference between <laughs> a Metroidvania and a roguelike? I hear these words get thrown around an awful lot, especially when it comes to the indie scene. So I was wondering if you could elaborate for anybody in the audience as well as myself. This is a good question because I think these two can get mixed together. Roguelikes really tough to describe at times because there's another rogue something like there's rogue light and, and rogue like yeah he's saying rogue like but yeah there's two rogue la um but metroidvania i've always described as um you go to a point in the game you get a tool and then you go back to an older part of the game, like one of the levels, and you see this wall that made no sense to you, and now this new tool that you can use can get you through that wall. So the idea is forward, back, forward, back, and and re-exploring old territory and unlocking new avenues that lead to the bigger part of the game world. I used to really hate them, but over time, they've kind of become some of my favorite ways to explore games, because I think mm-hmm. it's really satisfying to just find a new tool and go back. Like, I've been playing... Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on my Switch. And it's been really neat seeing these wooden stumps and being like, what were these for again? I don't remember. And then going to a dungeon, finding the hook shot, and then starting to zip around to new locations or quickly traverse the world in a way that I wasn't able to. Um, so there's elements of that there. So think of it that way. And Carrick, feel free to correct me or add stuff in if, if I may be describing it a little too broad. I, I think also it just includes platforming. I think that's one of the major mm-hmm. components. But I will say roguelike and road light is pretty easy, even though devs themselves mess it up. First of all, I hate both terms. I think yeah. they're fucking... St- it's, just a, it, it, it's just a mash. But with roguelike, it means it has similar elements. And with roguelite, it means it has roguish elements like uh, permadeath and uh, a new generation of hero. But their light indicates L-I-T-E, which indicates it has less... It's almost like when you look at Dark Souls and then you look at a game that's somewhat like Dark Souls. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a little harder. Maybe the guys are there and they can do more damage and you just fight a couple of them, but it's not as punishing as Dark Souls. And so people say Dark Souls light. So like and light is pretty easy to understand. But I just talked to a dev like two weeks ago and asked him in the podcast, like, hey, describe what your game is. And he's like, well, it depends on who you ask because roguelike and roguelite are over the top of each other. So even devs don't use them correctly. And Metroidvania, like what you described, I think it's all that. Plus, usually it involves platforming because it is just Metroid 
and Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yes, which to be honest, if you put Met- at least for me, Metroid and Castlevania, I wouldn't see a huge difference between them anyway. There's almost no reason for me to mix those two. I'd just be like, it's like Castlevania, or it's like Metroid. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It's a weird description. That's you the thing use is, it? It, I use it because I think it's funny when people go. Stop using Dark Souls as a description for tough games. I'm uh, like, that's what? dumb. I can't stand it because I'm like, where do you think the fucking term Metroidvania came from? Metroid Castlevania to describe a type of game. Just like it's a Dark Souls style experience. Like that, I don't get when people, you see a third person action game that's uh, meticulously crafted to be difficult, but uh, precise, uh, fair. Like that's a Dark Souls style game. I just Dude, if anybody tells you to quit using that, basically they're telling you to stop using the english language one yeah. of the reasons why you use darks it's like let's say the game is like dark souls or comparison is so that you draw a, a very easy floor of understanding between the user and yeah. the, the person listening to the video that's all it is it's a comparison mm-hmm. and yeah. that's how you like pass data without describing dark souls again mm-hmm. like what the fuck or, or describing everything about the game if you want to get it done in less than 50 minutes on your yeah. review you use those words Fat Ragnar asks us two questions. Number one, do you think that Microsoft will bring official emulation to PC? I ask because I really just want to play Gears 2 and 3, and I don't have an Xbox to play them on. Personally, I don't care if they are just ports with little or no graphical improvement. I just want more Gears on PC. Um, I think your answer, Fat Ragnar, is going to probably be that Microsoft's going to push that subscription-based Xbox a little bit more instead. Like, hey, why don't you pay $5 a month for Xbox, and then you can play all, all these games. Um, instead of spending like 200 bucks, 300 bucks, bang right on the spot and, and doing it that way. I think that's what they'll probably do, which in my opinion means they may not officially emulate as much because this is a way for them to make more money and sort of accomplish the same means to an end. I'll go out on a limb and say within one year, you're going to see a Master Chief Collection version of Gears. You think? Ab- good, I absolutely think. Yeah, I absolutely think we will see a Gears 1 through 5 collection on pc within a year that'd be interesting i'd like that it, i just i it, hmm. it, it dude they've already remade uh gears um one. what was that one called i can't yeah there was ultimate a ter- there, I, ultimate edition thank you um they absolutely know people want to do it uh, when you look at gears 5 there was a lot of stuff there that they were you could t- tell they were trying with graphics mm-hmm. and trying to get everything working there's no doubt in my mind you will see some kind of like Look, what would you call it? The fucking, you know, I don't even know what you would call it, but like it wouldn't be the Master Chief Collection, but you know what I mean. It'd be yeah. called like the Dom and Marcus Collection or whatever, and it will just be, it just will. I mean, it, it, it that's their only big, uh, uh, what do you call it? Just like Forza, but Forza you can't do because it's racing, and I think it's a lot of repetitive cars and all mm-hmm. that. But with Gears, it's different storylines, so it's easy to Gears, say. What's interesting, though, is I don't know if Gears sold well. I know a lot of people played it through Game Passes. Which stuff. one? Uh, five. Oh, I don't know if that matters. Yeah, I get you. I don't know how it sold either. I, yeah. I just think that what I mean is technology-wise, I think they were testing a lot of uh, technology to get one and two working without having to have super powerful systems because they were not very optimized. Mm-hmm. The Ultimate Edition had some issues too. Right. Would you buy, if I said 60 bucks for the Dom and Marcus We Love Each Other edition, would you buy that? <laughs> Just by namesake alone. Just by uh, namesake alone. So you could have it like yeah. it's them kissing on yeah. the on the cover. <laughs> would you, <laughs> would you I, buy it? Uh, 
I th- yeah, I'd probably pick it up. Um, I think I would too. I like Halo a lot more. Like, yeah. Like it's it's you know I know it's not a hot take or anything, but like it's definitely my as far as I can think off the top of my head, like my favorite Xbox franchise. I just yeah. love Halo to death. I grew up playing it. I think the stories are great. I've have so many memories tied to it. Um, Gears less so because that was kind of like a new era. Like I remember going in Xbox parties when I first got my 360, and that's all anybody played. And meanwhile, I think I was playing like Oblivion. Um, but yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in it. Um, it's just that, yeah. for example, Gears doesn't have what Halo had. So they did Halo one, two, three, four, and um, I think that was it for the Master Chief Collection at the time. It was. There was no Reach at that. Time. Yeah, and then yeah, Reach was still a great game though. So you had this mm-hmm. outlier that you could have brought into the collection, which they eventually did. And it was like yes. The outlier for Gears is Judgment, which a lot of people are like, that's not a good game at all. Like, it's very boring and re- repetitive. And so I just feel like they also lack that oomph there. Like, there's a yeah. there's a smudge on the series. Not that Halo doesn't. A lot of people didn't like 5, for example. And some people didn't even like 4. Um, and I'll go negative and say a lot of people didn't <clears throat> like ODST as much as the internet would have you believe. Oh, God, yeah. I don't know why people are celebrating that. I mean, look, I liked it, but, like, I know for yeah, a fact. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, I, that'd be awesome if you could find one of your viewers who loved ODST and have them come on here and try to sell me on ODST as being, like, far, far <laughs> above the other Halos. Because I played it, and it was a Halo game, but it wasn't, right. like, whatever the term would be. You know, like, the the cherished little treasure that a lot of people say i don't know hmm. sounds like you were the same way we'll take like, volunteers yeah we'll take yeah i would love i yeah because i don't it sounds like you liked it so obviously yeah, people fun. liked it but yeah it just didn't work for me all right question number two is actually about halo when do you think halo reach will be released on pc it's been a while since the announcement and they promised at least reach will be released in 2019 i don't have time to keep up with up to date on the news i'm just curious as to what went wrong in development to cause this delay um, in answer to your question, Master Chief Collection already has a bad enough reputation. I think for them, they're probably just looking at it as if we, we want to get it out this year, let's promise that. And if they hit a hitch, they're not going to rush it out. There's yeah. not, no sense in hurting that brand more. Cause it's sort of had a resurgence. People are like, it's good now. They added reach. Like this is exciting. Um, at least to the consoles. Sorry. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's why you're seeing maybe a little bit of a delay. They don't want to force it out. Yeah, and fall is, uh, they don't have a bunch of stuff coming out, so it could still be December or something. Yeah, that's the thing. Know. We're seeing will, but... a lot of stuff start to happen in December. The industry's becoming are... a year-round thing now. You know, yep. we're starting to fill in the gaps because we're growing, so you're starting to see your summer releases. We saw in July, um, Dragon Quest Builders 2, not a big launch, by the way, but like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Like, each month, you're seeing more big launches accumulate. Um which is good, I think. It shows that we're getting bigger. Like, we had Smash Brothers Ultimate in December last year, and that was yeah, right. one of the biggest games of the year. We had Resident Evil uh, 7 in February. Uh, uh, remember? January. Dude, January. Both, like, both Resident Evil games hit January, actually. True, true. Which, which Resident Evil 2 did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so to me, I'm, I'm, dude, I'd love that. I would love for some summer loving, too, because I looked at my metrics for summer again this year. Oh, I my, year God, the year. Oh ah, my God, July. Oh, my God, I shit. just was like, I was like, I'm not even working 
technically I'm unemployed in July. Yeah. Like I was just yeah. looking at it going. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's what I was saying. I was like, I feel like a failure. This is shit. Dude, and I don't know about you, but I released shit in July. Like I, I as too. in reviews and stuff. And it they're just. People are on vacation. <laughs> yeah, which I guess is the big thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, true. And GTA did a July. GTA 5 was July on the 360. Uh, July, June or July, wasn't it? Because it was, it was a September. summer. Oh, that's a GTA little later. 5? Yeah, GTA yeah, 5 was September 13th, okay. I think. Okay. Okay. And your mom has yeah. got another question for us. Do you have Aunt a favorite Shemima. Yeah, do you have a favorite Souls-like game? What do you like what would you like to see improve or evolve in the future of this genre? Um <clears throat> My favorite is definitely Bloodborne, hands down. Um improvement-wise though, I really liked what the surge two did um the, the dismemberment for looting is just such a unique mechanic and it works within the universe and it, it, it makes combat tougher in a really unique way because you could be like I'll, I'll just hit this unarmed, unarmed part and i'll wipe this guy out a little bit faster or i can target that really nice looking shield and shred it yeah. off but it's going to take a lot more time to work on it not like a significant amount but like you have to focus on it dodge a few more attacks Maybe by that point, you're going to waste a battery charge and heal. Um, I think that gameplay just has so much tension built into it because the systems are so refined. And I think that's what it's boiled, boiled down to with that genre. So it's what can you add systemically to an already tight combat system, which is really hard to do. And I would say I would love for one of these games to release where the difficulty of the enemies slowly gets higher instead of the first guy outside the gate juggling you like a bitch mm -hmm. and that is the only re the only reason why i say that is because if they gave gamers a tiny bit more time to become accustomed instead of reloading which surge 2 does which by the way needs to stop on death they need to figure out a way around reloading it needs to just be instant um but in surge 2 you walk outside and it's like boom well those those couple guys weren't super tough to be honest uh, they were probably easier than most Bloodborne, for sure, and, and Dark Souls. But I would love to see them ramp it up over a slightly longer period of time so that people who go into it don't feel... Because, dude, I watched one of my friends play uh, uh, Dark Souls 3, and he was just like, what the fuck? It was Cadiz. He was just like, <laughs> dude, I got to the first spear guy. Like, the guy, he's right... It's like the first dude. Yeah. He was just like, I had no clue. Also, I would love to see better animations. I think Surge 2 does a good job with warning you. Um, not warning you, I'm sorry, but good animations. And, fl and yeah, when I got... Yeah, like that delay, like he pulls back and you're like, okay, jump, Yeah, because then he's going to And when I got hit, I don't know about you, but when I got hit in Surge, 99% of the time, I was like, he really... He probably did hit me. Not every time, but most yeah, of the time. Yeah, there was a couple moments like in the, a couple. the boss fight with the, the guy with the sprite, spider legs. Oh, um, right. That yeah. one was a little finicky. Like, he'd slash and I'd be out here. But, like, I guess the hitbox, the way the camera was, longer. was moving. And, and so, yeah, he, like, caught me even though yep. I... Yeah, so there were yep. some times I was like, that's a little bit of jank. But it was only during but, that fight. But those could be... Those are what I'd like to see fixed so that yeah. it feel if you get hit in those, if they're going to punish you, they should also reward you with accurate fucking collision detection. Dark Souls 3, I loved, but man, it had those issues. Mm -hmm. There'd be a guy in Dark Souls 3 who would swing this way, but because I got around him, his animation, he'd basically go, 
and he'd hit me anyway. Okay. Be like, come on, dude, come on. And mm -hmm. I think Surge did a pretty good job too. I would agree though. That boss was uh, he hit you. It the depth perception was off or something like he'd yeah, swing and you'd be like, he, I'm nowhere near that into that tentacle. I think it's because the camera was pulling in and out so much because sometimes he'd mm. come at you by, like, tumbling, and then sometimes he'd drop right. down and then swing wide. And, and there was no pattern to him, which was one thing I didn't like about him. It wasn't like it was hard. I did die a decent amount, but, I like, it was very much like, a, I know I can beat this. Like, I'm going to get to it. Just I felt like I had to have a little, little bit of luck in the terms of how attacks patterned out. Um, I, felt I don't know like, about you. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I felt like more so I had to, like, bait him to go. I'd have to go underneath him to force him to drop down to try to slam yeah. me. And I'd hop yep. back out, and then I'd target yep. him. So it felt like I was more so working the system than actually, like, reading his mechanics and and, and dodging properly. What about the sub-boss after him? I got to know what you thought about the dude with the fucking mace who meets you. You are, first of all, any game. I was game so annoyed because I was like, oh, fuck, boss fight, done. Yep. Here's and your item. A, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> When a quest giver gives you, by the way, guys, this is a rule. If a quest giver gives you a quest and you meet him halfway back to where he gave you the quest, he's a bad guy. There's yeah. no fucking doubts about it. And that dude shows up and I'm like, oh, no. Because I just got done with a boss battle. I don't have my equipment. Like, or, you know, because I drank my fucking, or not drank, but I like use whatever consumables. I use the bullets. Uh, what did you think of him though? Because I felt that he also swung the underswing with the mace, and he could hit I was you anywhere. Just about to say that it was his Dude. way he tracked you. Like if he was coming at you straight and you sidestepped, mm -hmm. realistically, the weight of the mace wouldn't let him turn course it around. and come right at you. Right. But somehow he his course would start going like this, and he'd start yeah. curving at you, and you're like, whoa, whoa, what the he... fuck? I sidestepped you though, and. And, oh. and you'd have to instead of timing your sidestep to avoid his his tracking, you'd have to time you'd have to pretty much stand still and then sidestep right when he was about to pull up. And, yeah, it was weird. It, it exactly it was it was not the mechanic, but rather how he pat like the pathfinding worked for him to attack yep. you. I'm um, glad I'm not the only one. Shut up, Ming. I'm glad I'm not the only one who felt that. Um, yeah. What do you think of the bosses before we move on? Sorry, I just want no, to know. No, you're good. I, uh, I, li I like the game a lot. I'm not done with it yet. I'm on Gideon's Rock. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't played uh, a lot of PS4 these last couple of nights because, as I mentioned in the beginning, I've been working a lot on, on, on my projects and stuff. So um, it's been going well in that regard. But I finished uh, Greedfall, Borderlands, and then I've been playing Link's Awakening because that's a little bit of a shorter game and a palate cleanser. I'm not right. really, you know, I've really, really liked The Surge 2, and I think I'll actually beat it, which I didn't expect to be doing this year, um, but it's just that good. Um, it's just going to take me a little bit of time, because also I was like in a rhythm. I got, like I think, 12 hours in, and then I was like, all right, I got to finish Creedfall and, and Borderlands 3 before I keep on with this, because I got to review these games. And uh, now I'm like, oh, man, I'm 12 hours in. I got to get into a rhythm and relearn yeah. the game to like get my flow back, which is going to take some time. And when I did hop back on, I fought this fucking giant armored thing that kicked the shit out of me like i didn't scratch the thing and i was like i am too tired to try to figure this out and went to bed so i've enjoyed it a lot though and i know i remember you did i would move yeah, on to the dude. next question but i'm getting one of those uh fucking collect calls you know those random fucking numbers that just give you a, oh give you a, on your phone yeah 
Oh my god. Like, I'm just sitting here just looking at this number, like, alright, alright, yep, yep, you're gonna probably tell me, like, oh, your, your phone bill's late, or, or some shit like that. Or so, your internet's down, let me sign on remotely yeah, to your PC they, and yep, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's a, a more personal question from Patzer. Hope you're doing well, Patzer. As someone looking to improve their self-esteem via working out and dieting, how do you guys diet? I know that you've both said that you enjoy doing martial arts as well, and I cannot remember for the life of me which ones you guys do, but would you have any recommendations? Carrie, this is all us, man. This is our question. Yeah. Right Holy smokes. I'm curious about your workouts and diets. I, I don't think I've ever asked you about that, so this will be, be news to me. Do you even specifically have a diet? Because some people just yeah, don't. They I'm work out. I'm low-carb uh, intermittent fasting, both. Okay. Um, intermittent fasting has helped tremendously because low carbs a little difficult at times. Like you have a party or, yeah. you know, you go out. Um, but mixing the two has helped tremendously. And then I work out two hours a day um, from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's like the workout time for me. Mm-hmm. So I wake up at 4 and I work out two hours. And then it also depends because I switch. I'm really weird. I'll do powerlifting for like six months and then switch to like running. I mean, I always run, but I switch to like more whatever the term would be, less like bulk and right. stuff like that and, and switch because I get bored. Um, but I Same. always do boxing every morning for an hour. Um, and then martial arts is Kempo. That's one of the black belts. Gojiru is the other black belt. Cool. Damn, that's sick. You, you do Taekwondo, right? I did. I had to stop it for a little bit just because of how timing was working. Oh, I, I did, yeah, I, right. Yeah, I did martial arts for about uh, a year. Um, one of the best things I could have ever done, uh, highly recommend it. It teaches you a lot of like mental discipline. It teaches you a lot of patience and it teaches you how to take care of your body a lot more than you'd ever think. Not like I was taking shitty care of it in the first place, but like stretching. stretching. Yep. There you go. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's instantly, you know, it it changes how you meditate. Um, really important stuff, but martial arts is, is something I, I really do recommend. If you're learning how to actually fight Taekwondo, the, the, the style I was learning was actually like more of a self-defense. Um, if someone were to attack me, it's not about spinning crazy kicks and shit. It's actually like, yeah. okay, someone's stepping up to you. How do you fight back? Um, so not a lot of uh, Taekwondo styles do teach like that, though. There, there are a lot about uh, the performance, the art. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. If you do think about taking up a martial art, I feel like if you're going to do one, learn one that's going to let you protect yourself too. Um, so do your research on the, the, the school you'd be going to. Um, so while he goes fix those, I would say you, you never said what you weigh and you don't have to. I think one of the important things also is, is what you weigh because like Maddie will have an issue where he needs to bulk up, but also not be fat from eating, which skinny people can still get a belly and be un, 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 uncomfortable. And then I have an issue where I'll need to lose, especially because I do powerlifting, which you can gain weight. So I, I, I think that is one of the big things is like the difference, it, how much you weigh. And you don't have to tell us. I'm just saying how much you weigh will depend on the diet you probably need because like Maddie's going to gain. Mm-hmm. He wants to gain. I want to lose. Um, so I think that's important also when you look at diet is like what type of diet. Because if you're trying to lose, Atkins and intermittent will definitely help you. You're trying to bulk up. You might want to look at something different, like, uh, you know, where you're actually counting exact things and you're working out really hard. But I would say also for self-esteem, martial arts helps um, self-defense wise, like Maddie was saying, versus like my wife does point fighting Taekwondo, which is what he was talking about, which is like spin kicks, breaking boards, looking cool. Nothing wrong with that. And it's helped her self-esteem. But most of the time, I think being able to defend yourself 
helps your self-esteem even more because I, that's what I learned when I was a kid. And yes, people would say I'm overconfident, which is true, but it, it helps your confidence knowing, just knowing or feeling like you're not a vic. I don't know how to describe it. Not a victim. You have a you're not a prey animal. Yeah. You're not a prey animal walking down the street of San Francisco or whatever. Like my friends, when I went to San Francisco, they felt differently than I did. Because mm -hmm. I could tell because that's not their thing. Um, so I was just telling him, Maddie, when you went, I right. was like, he, ne he never said his weight. And I think depending mm -hmm. on if you're trying to gain or lose, that'll also probably, you know, if you what type of diet you're choosing. Yeah, I can answer a little bit better now because uh, as Carrick mentioned earlier, when his yeah, dogs are barking, so just my, my, my train of thought was so shit there. Dude. Um, yeah, so what I do is um, I eat a specific carb, fat, and protein amounts. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I do that is because I would be bulking, um, to some extent, you know, I, I've always said, I don't want to be huge because I do do martial arts. So, um, I don't want to be like a meatball on the mat, like this just fucking jagged edged guy who's just like throwing really heavy haymakers and stuff. Like you want to be nimble. Um, so I like to, I call it toning out, you know, I build a little muscle and then I run a lot and it sort of just keeps me in, in a, a constant I've, I've been in a constant shape of tone i've never been like ripped jacked i've always just been like a tone kind of guy um and i've always preferred my body that way um it does feel good when i because there was a time like from when i was 19 to about 21 i worked out a lot and, and if you watch some of my older videos where i had a tank top on you could definitely see i was a lot more cut um but i never liked my body that way as much as i do now where i, I feel just in shape um but what i do in the yeah. terms of exercise is i like to run Running is probably my favorite thing to do, um, and, I, and I, I keep it simple because I don't like going to the gym. Um, I don't know what it is, just I don't get in that excited mood to go to a gym, or when I'm in the gym, I feel excited. So I like just your traditional shit. I don't do anything crafty, push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, and I do have a home bench, so I, I, I have it stuffed under my bed. I roll it out if I want to use weights. I have some dumbbells. Um, nothing crazy, and that, that'll run you 80 bucks. Um, so nothing crazy yeah. if you want to have like a little home set up for, um, and you, and, and get creative in the sense of, you know, it's not just about like chest workouts on the bench. You can take two heavy weights and just step up onto the bench. That's a leg workout. So, um, it depends on how you want to do it and what you're training for. For me also, I play a lot of hockey, so I don't want to get, that's a, that's also another one. You want to be nimble flexible you don't want to be you want to be big enough where you don't get knocked off the puck which is building a whole new type of strength um for that you want to build more core strength um and leg strength because what happens is you don't want to get body off the puck and, and it makes a difference because like i didn't work out and people would shove me off the puck no problem i started doing like i went, I went to the gym for a while and I'd, I'd take like weights and put them on almost a sled and i'd push the sled and start to build like hamstring and and just being able to move heavy objects with ease and you get used to that and, and suddenly you're the one moving people off the puck. So have something in mind to train for, for sure. I think it also depends if you're introvert or extrovert because if you're introvert, then like what Maddie's saying at your house, that works perfectly fine. Yeah. If you're, if you're extrovert, a team activity can help you so much because first mm. of all, don't injure yourself, by the way, because they oh, say God, yeah. like 90% of dieters injure themselves, which is worse than if you didn't work out. But if, yeah. you, if you're an extrovert, fucking find a basketball team. My wife does co-ed soccer. 
uh, at a re re recreation center. She, and she got a friend. She was she, like, "You're actually being in good shape." <laughs> yeah, she she works out a lot, and um, it, it the, I think that's a big thing is what you like, what your out, what your social dynamic is, because having a friend with you helps, or a team, uh, can help a ton. Because man, if your friends calling you to say, "Maddie, why aren't you at the hockey game?" You're like, "Oh, you're you know, there's a." social responsibility that builds up which helps because because mm -hmm. there'll be times where you'll wake up and be like i feel like dump i'm tired yeah. and then your friend calls up and they're like dude remember the game tonight And you're like yeah you know that it, that mm -hmm. helps man mm -hmm. if you have to be of all my friends i think i'm the only one who can work out really hard on my own most of my friends are very they need that other person oh, or same. a team, you know, to 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 get them. Out I of feel it. it's in our DNA, thanks to our job, though, to be a little more self motivated. We don't have a boss or like a, a time yeah, to true. check in, so you have to be disciplined, responsible, and so I just feel like that's kind of carried into a lot of facets of my life. Like I have sure. to be smart when I eat, um, because here's the thing: is I am skinny. I do have a fast metabolism. So I could but eat like shit. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I could <laughs> I could eat like shit, but I'm sitting most of my day. So like right yeah. after this podcast, I will probably eat dinner. I'll chill for a little bit, let my body digest, and I'll probably go on what would be a nighttime run. And I'll go around for like 45 minutes to an hour and just, just run it off. Um, just because you got to get that heart going if you're just sitting there. Um, but Carrick made a really good point about uh, if you're sick, don't work out. Yeah. If you think you're going to, if you feel like you're not doing enough, don't instantly increase the weight to like 40 more pounds and be like, I got this and then hurt yourself. Worst shit yeah. you can do because then you'll be in worse shape after a workout rather than how you were before. Uh, it's do you not guys a have a lot of injuries in hockey? Oh, I hurt sorry. my back. I, didn't, I, I hurt sorry. my back last year. Um, I, the way I got hit into the boards one time. Um, like it, it, like my, my, I think my body was facing, yeah, my body was facing the wall right and then my oh. legs were facing straight and someone hit me and i just kind of like the way my back was twisted but my legs stayed the same way mm -hmm. it, hurt, it hurt like a bitch and i couldn't go to martial arts for about a month because like my tailbone like just hurt like it, it was just you got arrested because if you rotated too much yeah it, it really stung so um we don't play like huge heavy hits but you play physical you know it's just a, and it's you a, can just fall or something or that's what i'm saying know, yeah do whatever yeah it, it is just a physical sport like you know everyone's moving fast on 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 ice like you're gonna hit into someone at some point so uh it's it's i love it though i, I in you your know, game do you guys ever have the no hold on no, no that's what i, I mean i've had people tr i've had one guy try to fight me but like i, I was oh, just, really i mean he was a fucking 40 year old i was like i'm not gonna like f i'm not gonna drop my gloves and fight you here like what the yeah because it's a record i was like we could. i told right? him i was like we could fight off the ice if you really want to and then he just fucking skated away i was like okay like but because because you know. you're at a recreation you're at an adult you're not like nine so you're not in like a youth center doing no, this, it's right? like a, you're yeah, like it's in like a, a recreation. recreation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was like, okay, if you want to fight, like we'll we'll have a legitimate fight on off the yeah. grounds of the of the facility. Um, yeah. but, you know, just like I'm not gonna square up with someone on the ice here, yeah, because it's not like that. It's just for fun. Um, but hopefully we helped you out, Pat, sir. All right, next question comes from Black Dow. I feel like you probably stated your opinion on this before, but what's your favorite Fallout DLC in the franchise? Wow. Franchise wide is always tough because there's like a good, there's one very good one for each game. Three, New Vegas, and four. Far Harbor. 
Far Harbor's great, man. That's the thing. I, I thought of that right away. I was like, it might be, but I, I love Point Lookout for Fallout 3. I love the pit. Did you? Um, I love Lonesome Road. Lonesome Road might be, I don't know. Lonesome Road's very, very, very dialogue heavy, though. Very dialogue heavy. Right. I feel like Far Harbor kind of crosses it all between. There's a lot of dialogue. There's more choices. You sympathize with the right people. Um, and it's it's great exploration. So, oof, I might I might actually Far Harbor's left a really good taste in my mouth. Um, Do you know what, the one that didn't for me was our Anchorage? What was the one? Oh, oh, Operation Alaska? Anchorage. Yeah, well, that one wasn't not, that great. It was it was okay. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it. It was one of those DLCs. I feel that. Have you ever had like a game release DLC and you're like, this is very clearly for like lore freaks or hardcore fans yeah i felt like anchorage was this thing that like built on pre-war lore and you're like Mm -hmm. oh cool you know this is this could be interesting and um as a fan i liked it but as like a a gamer i don't think that's like oh i gotta play that that's how i view it at least yeah i can't really answer that blacked out because i i would change my answer probably every day right now it's far harbor tomorrow i could tell you the pit the day after that i could tell you point lookout but that's probably the order in the top three if that helps you Lonesome Road would be in the top three. Just it's so dialogue heavy. It's it's really about a story experience and kind of wrapping mm-hmm. up uh, Fallout New Vegas in a very creative way. What's the way. best DLC ever? Ever? Yeah. So oh game. oh oh easy. Uh, Burial at Sea Part oh. Two. Burial. Oh, from uh, Infinite. Bioshock Infinite. Absolutely. Really? Why is that? No questions asked. That is that that the way they tie things together is a mm. stroke of brilliance. I like how they added stealth gameplay. If Irrational Games didn't go under, that probably that gameplay system we saw was the future of Bioshock. Mm. Um, kind of like a blend between Infinite and 2, where, where there was mm. more... 2 had a little bit more stealth because you'd have to take pictures of people and stuff, but this one gave you a crossbow. I just I really liked Burial at Sea, and I thought, I thought it, was, it was sheer brilliance how they tied things together. Very Incredible. Cool. What about you? Uh, probably um, Jack the Ripper for Syndicate. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Oh yeah, you like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I was just a big fan of Syndicate overall. Right. Jack the Ripper's one of my favorite like lores in real life, so mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, that's an interesting fit. You can always count on Ubisoft for something like eccentric like that. Yeah, yeah. You can't. We'll look at Atlantis for like Odyssey. Oh my I mean, god. There's yeah. Al- yeah, they always do something crazy. And that one looks beautiful. I remember Crazy Herb was oh, posting on the Patreon Discord like all pictures of it. And I was like, woo. Ooh, that looks mad good. <laughs> yeah, he, he was showing me that. I was just like, I want to play now. I never got a chance to go to it. Same. Uh, last question is Grimblade. Whether or not you have played it, what are your thoughts on Untitled Goose Game and how it has become a viral sensation? Yeah, this one caught me off guard, man. I, I'm sorry, that's not the last question, um, but we're still, still going to answer. Um I don't. I didn't even. I. I thought this was like supposed to be like a game that was announced as a joke, and then people ended up making it real. But then I was looking right. up gameplay, and I'm like, is this like Hitman? In a sense, I mean, not not really. Well, it is sandbox, so I guess yeah, Hit Goose. <laughs> yeah, true. Never thought about it that way. I think it's fucking a stroke of genius. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was the number one selling game on Switch at one point in the eShop. That's crazy. What was yeah. it? Yeah, the developer Untitled posted Goose... it. Oh, dude, so good for them because it 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 got created on accident too. I, I dude, I think Untitled Goose Game is like oxen free for me. Um, Are you it, liking it a like, lot? It, 
Well, I like it a lot. I haven't got to experience very much of it, but all the people that I pretty much trust who've played it are like, dude, this game is legit. And then I watched a Let's Play one of my Discord people did, uh, and it, it, I think it is well worth the accolades it gets, if that makes sense. Mm. It is it is not just a viral sensation because it's the new fucking you know, water bucket challenge or whatever. Oh, it's it like just a good game? Dude, yeah, like you're so you'll like go into a spot and it'll be like steal this old lady's book or whatever. But to get away from her, you're like grabbing her plates off the table and flicking them. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's so you're like you're an angry goose. What the fuck? But <laughs> Maddie, it's it's a stroke of genius. Like you should stream it because not only it will you get like a, a ton of game. you'll get a ton of people watching, but it's just so sandboxy. So I mm -hmm. guess you're right. Hitman is in a way like Hitman sandboxy. So is it? And it looks it's. I love that art. I love the nostalgic pastel color. Yeah, it looks interesting. All right. Well, we actually have a good chunk of questions. Not a ton. Let's do it. Uh, Adam, destroy the grave. Are there any traits of people who want to make it on YouTube that you see right away if they'll succeed or flop on the platform? Hmm. Is there a trait? How? how what? Parse that for me. What now? Are there any traits of people who want to make it on YouTube that you see right away if they'll succeed or flop on the platform? As in... New YouTuber comes into into your line of sight and you're just like analyzing him as a person. Is there a trait you see mm. in that person that shows if they'll make it or break it? I hate to say it, YouTube can be a, it's a lot of hard work for sure. Um, don't there's no doubt about that, but it's also a lot of luck. You gotta have like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Good timing. That's to be what I was thinking. Go yeah. for it. You you have to have a lot of luck. I think I've met. You know, I do a patron. Uh, consultation session where I help patrons build channels and it always works. You know, I've helped two people build their channels and they found success. Um, but the key thing is always sticking with it, showing some determination and being willing to experiment. Those three things always are so key because so many people don't want to go outside their comfort zone or they don't believe in that. I remember I had a patron. I was like, try something different, try something different, try something different. I kept beating that news head, and then one time he finally did, and his video did really well. I was like, see? I said, you can still do this, but like try just mixing yeah. different things. Because I said, as of this point in time, I was like, you have, I think he had like 500 subs. I was like, you're not obligated to anything right now. I said, there's a lot of right. room to glow. Right. I said, glow. A lot of room to glow as well, but to grow. <laughs> um and I was just like, you, you know, don't tie yourself down to one thing already. You know, try things, wait for something to hit. And something did mm -hmm. hit a little bit, and then you mix that in and start to develop your own uh, reputation for a certain style and type of game. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's dude, it's so much luck. You'll see somebody who does amazing—I don't know what the term would be—like voiceover, let's say, mm -hmm. and analysis. And you'll be looking at their video, going, "What the fuck?" They've got like six hundred people, and they're on—they're mm -hmm. you know, people have reddited it, but it just didn't catch on. And then somebody else will do some jackass thing, and it'll. It'll do really well. YouTube's really tough. So is Twitch. Sorry. I oh, God, say. yeah. Ben Jam asks us, since Halloween is approaching, do you have any ghost stories slash unexplained things that have happened to you? Oh, uh, I was actually just telling a funny story last night. No, go for two it. nights ago. I was having a dream, or technically a nightmare, when you think about it. Um, 
I was asleep in this bed directly behind me. And have you ever had a dream where you like can't move in the dream? Like you feel very weak, tied down. No, but almost. I know what you're. Oh yes, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. And yeah. so I was sleeping, and it, 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 I guess I had a butler in this house. And mind you, it was in the house I'm in right now, which is kind of strange because <laughs> I don't live in some type of mansion. And so all I hear is they're this, living next uh, to you in the closet. And yeah, shit. yeah, I'm, and all I hear is like. Uh, Time to wake up, sir. That's what I hear. I'm like, time to wake up, sir. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like trying to wake up. That's the thing that's happening. I'm trying to wake up, but I can't wake up. And I keep hearing, it's me, sir. Time to wake up. I'm like, who the fuck oh, are man. you? You know? And, and then like, I either I, this is the part that confuses me. I either woke up in my dream uh-huh. or I woke up in real life. And I believe I woke up in real life because when I woke up, I saw what at the end of my bed, like standing right here. What looks like, um, for my Persona fans out there, Igor, like long nose, I know Igor. Yeah. suit, mm-hmm. big hat, and mind you, this is in the pitch black. In like, I was delirious. I'm like tired, right. and I remember like gasping audibly, like <gasps> like that because I got scared, and I just <laughs> like a fucking savage. I leap out of my bed at this figure, and I don't know what it was, but I landed, and I think I fell asleep on the floor or something. Like I don't know. I, I, I'm not like that. I'm a very sound, peaceful sleeper. I don't snore. Like, none of that shit. I, I've never had that happen before where I'm like, did I actually see someone there? Or um, Did you wake up on the floor? No, I woke up in bed. So I, that's why okay. I, I don't know if like I woke up in a dream right. and, and like went at this guy or if I woke up in real life, went at him, and then like in uh, a sleepy days, just like, oh, fuck, okay, back into, into bed I go. <laughs> I, I I don't think I can top that. I do. So they want real, like real creepy things. Yeah, he said is approaching. Do you have any ghost stories or unexplained things that have happened to you? I don't know if he's asking for creepy, but I mean, hey. So I have two. One I just don't want to get into, but I'll, I'll say the subject. Um, I did. I don't know what I saw, but I swear to God, it was Bigfoot. And as a hunter for like twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Every hunting person with me saw the same thing, and none of us, like my dad's 90 now, he was, you know, he had been hunting for 50 years. I legit don't know what I saw. It was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It's too long of a story. But the other one was my grandfather died. My mom called me and said, your grandpa died, and uh, grandma and I are at the hospital. We're going to take care of what we need to, and we'll come home. So I hang up the phone, and I'm playing with my brother. We're playing Genesis. This is how long ago it was. The phone rings. I pick up the phone. And on the other line, and I think I told you this story already, but on the other line, uh, the person just says, don't worry, your grandpa will be fine. And I thought it was a relative who heard and was just like like saying heaven or something. You know, I don't know. And when they hung up, I said, who's calling? And they said, Gertrude. And I was like, okay, I'll tell my grandma when my mom comes home. My mom comes home. My grandma walks up to me. She hugs me. And I said, by the way, Gertrude called and she slapped me. My grandma slapped me. My grandma has never hit me before. And I was like, what the hell? And she's like, my mom goes, who? And I said, Gertrude. She said, Gertrude's been dead for 15 years. And I was like, I, and I was like, wait, what? Like, that's impossible. For sure was, like, she for sh- And they said, then they started quizzing me, like, what'd she say? And I said, 
she just said, well, that was my grandmother's sister who had passed many years prior. And I still to this day have no clue what happened. But I, I don't even know a Gertrude. Like, I do, the name doesn't even, like, ring a bell. And I was very wow. clear. And not to be rude, I wasn't shook up by my grandpa's death because it was time. Right. Very you, time. You knew it was coming. And he needed to. He had uh, asbestos poisoning from working in World War II, so he had bone cancer. It was like, it was time. There was no sadness. It was like, this is a good time. I still, to this day, have no clue what happened. That is None. crazy. But it was legit creepy. And then I didn't want to act like it was creepy in front of my grandmother, so I was just like, okay. Uh, and then they said, oh, it was a blah, blah, blah. And I was like, maybe. But then I told my brother, I'm like, and my brother's like, you said it was Gertrude right when you got off the phone. I'm like, I know. But I'm not going to. And it was a weird message. It wasn't like, tell your grandmother. It wasn't anything else. It was like, do not worry. Your grandpa will be fine. And I thought it sounded weird, but I just explained it in my head as somebody who is highly religious, you know, calling up to say, mm. you know, wow. it's, it's a better place or whatever. Yeah, wow. it was a weird one. That is crazy. <laughs> Have that you ever seen crazy. any UFOs or anything? Because, you know, I've seen only one thing in the sky, and I don't really claim it as anything other than probably an anomaly. Um, do you, in New York, in where, where you are at least, East Coast, you don't, you don't see the sky as brightly as like I do in the Pacific no, Northwest. No. But have you ever seen anything? No, not that I can think of. No? Okay. Yeah. I'm always interested in that in, in particular. Yeah. I'm, I'm a believer that there's aliens. Like, I, I'm just like, you, oh. you think you're the only ones here? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, but here, here is I think the big question, right? Yeah, yeah. Like how? Yeah, same question, same same thing. How about Midnight Club, though? <laughs> Paul wants I, I to know think... uh, how we feel about Midnight Club. <laughs> well, that's a that's a jump. He means the racer, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he he literally said, "How would you guys feel about another Midnight Club?" And he misses playing Midnight Club L.A., where you can lay, where you can floor it through Los Angeles, blasting as I lay dying, like the true badass you are. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I never, don't I remember much about the. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> I, I was I was sitting back because I was like I didn't fucking play this game. Mm-mm. No. Sorry, Paul. All right, last question. <laughs> yeah. Typhus seventy six. Having just watched Carrick's review on Ghost Recon, I have more of a concern than a question. If the studio is putting more time, I'm sorry. This this question came in the middle of our show, so we actually didn't see this for the Ghost Recon section. Oh, okay. Um, I have more of a concern than a question. If the studio is putting more time into microtransactions than they are copying and pasting a game, then how far along in the patches will there be more transactions put in than actual game fixes? As uh, he called you Carla, as Carla said, they removed <laughs> some of the transactions, but how long right. till they put them back in? Uh, I will state, I think Matty will agree that the two different divisions work on those things. Mm-hmm. That's why you see like monetization not... experts being hired for games. You're absolutely right. Yeah, or MMO prior to Inquisition being released, and oh, <laughs> we God. sort of knew where that was. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they even, you know, it, it, even talking to the sound designers today for Gearbox, they have very delineated groups mm-hmm. for like vehicle uh, or or guns versus this. I, I don't think they work at all like connected in that way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just. When that when a game starts to get marred like that, I just I don't know. I just steer away from it. I almost block yeah. it out. I don't even know if it's a self defense technique in my head. Like I'll just ignore that it exists. But I'm just like, why am I going to waste my breath on it? I think it's better just to not talk about it at all. Why give it a yeah, chance? Right. No, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Just because uh, so many people are already talking about it. I don't know. 
not that I don't care. Just well, sometimes I don't know about you, but how can you add other than yeah. hits? Can you add something like yeah? Something and you as can't add anything, and not, that's not to take a shot at any other YouTuber out there, but as no, someone no, no. who's very creative at heart, if I don't put if I put out a discussion video and I don't feel like I'm adding like a unique take or mm-hmm. like oh this is my perspective could be a game changer for some folks if they hear what I have to say. If I don't feel that, then I don't make the video. Like, I just... Yeah. Like, I'm just... Regur- I, like, I, I I could just read a news blurb, but who who, who can't do that? And you have a lot of te- uh, t- uh, Twitter fans, and I think people don't realize that a lot of YouTubers, including myself and you, if we have something small to say, we'll also just use Twitter. Yeah, I'll just throw it out there, and I'm like... Like, with Sean Layden, I was like, do I make a video about this? No, I just right. think it's weird. I shot a tweet. No, I don't really. Exactly. I don't trust exactly. this. Exactly. And that was exactly. It. I think there. I think that. Uh, yeah. So follow us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And that will do it, Carrick. Last question. Last topic. Finito. Excellent. And our weekend begins. Well, mind. I right? like the Patreon questions. Those they. Uh, it's cool to cover the news, but it's always cool to get weird questions. It always. I don't know why. It's yeah, I feel like it's a good avenue because we we know each other well and we talk all the time. But yet it's it, we just get to know each other even more, which is yeah about really stuff good. we wouldn't like. I mean, unless you and I were sitting after a podcast and I said, "Do you believe in UFOs?" Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Which you'd probably be like, "Why are you asking me that?" It's <laughs> yeah. cool. You'd be like, "Dude, I, I'm I'm not joining your cult." It's <laughs> it's cool to have those kind of things. I'm glad people do it. It, yeah. it definitely helps. I absolutely agree, and we appreciate all of you for. For, like, legitimately being a part of the show, you know, that the yeah. show imp- has improved drastically, and I think with our uptick in a little bit of listeners and our uptick in patrons, it seems some of you are inclined to agree. So uh, keep the feedback coming, keep the questions coming, mm-hmm. more importantly, because uh, we want to we wanna keep this show rolling. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Carrick, any final thoughts? I can't, yeah, I can't think of any. All right. Prepare, prepare your wallets, baby, because fall is got some uh, got some t- some games coming out. Just a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It's it's not necessarily big for Maddie and I, but there's a lot of like e- even bit middle and little. Yeah, it's gonna. It, I just looked at the release schedule. While you and I were here, dude. Grid, because I'm a racing fan. Is yeah, I, I have forgotten that's, that's coming out. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. Outer Worlds is gonna be huge for you. Like it's just <sighs> it's wait. gonna be. It's going to be really enjoyable, I think, mm. this fall. I can't fucking wait for the Outer Worlds. You have no idea. What are you going to do? Ignore the review <clears throat> part for a second. Oh, sorry. And we can stop this. I was just going to ask you real quick. Um, have you decided, like, are you going to do a Let's Play? Probably not. But, what, like, have you even thought about it above, like, maybe your weapon? You've done a weapons video before on a game you really like. Yeah, I, like, tried, it with, I tried it with... Borderlands, but I was just because of the way 2K and Take Two handled review copies. I was way too late to that to to try yeah, right. that, that original sense. plan I had, and that kind of bothered me because like you know that they gave so many YouTubers a, a fucking huge head start on that, like twelve days worth. Um, so in a perfect world with the Outer Worlds, I would like to do guides for sure. Not because cool. I am a guide guy, but just because with Skyrim. I did a ton, like my, one of my favorite stints of like creating content was when I did Skyrim Rare Weapon Guides. I fucking loved doing that because it's just fun to show people a discovery. And then now that I'm more 
uh, elaborate, I guess, and and uh, intricate in how I make videos to show them the stats and how it works mm. and special effects and little fun facts and the lore, making it into a comprehensive, like, everything you need to know now about this weapon or this armor. I really like the idea of that, but, you know, obviously discussions, like you said, the review, that's a given. Um I when it comes to let's plays, I do a I do probably a highly edited single playthrough, and and see how that did. Like you know, here's a 15 minute episode, jump cuts everywhere, me just being a dumbass while playing the game. See how that works. See if people like that. Called like Outer Worlds, the supercut <laughs> number one. Yeah, it's hard to know how to cover that game. I've thought about it a couple times. Yeah, um, it is. You're better at covering. Uh, I, I've really not been great at covering one game uh, in multiple ways, which is why I was asking you what you were thinking of doing. I think the guides for you'd be fun. Well, yeah, um, I think Greedfall was probably my best example this year um, because I didn't get it super early, but I got it early enough to like, okay, impressions, guide, gameplay. Oh, you did a guide review. Yeah. What was your guide for on Greedfall? Uh, tips for or beginners. Greedfall. Yeah, tips for oh. beginners. Like, I told them get intuition because that's, like, a, a no-doubter. That one gives you a lot of speech options. Like, I told them how to, like, get money. I told them that skulls on enemies don't mean that you can't fight them, just that they're going to hit yeah. you like a fucking bus, that kind of shit. So, um, cool stuff that – because I thought – normally I don't like to do beginner's guides because I'm like, most people are smart enough to figure out a game and, right. and just understand its systems. But I was like, hold on. People don't really know what Greedfall is. You know, it's it's like right. it's like a double A game, and it may not be as popular. I was like, maybe people will use this starting guide to learn the systems that they could possibly just buy into with the game. And they may not know the skill. They may not know like lockpick is needed. Inquisition is, or sorry, Inquisition, uh, <laughs> intuition. Is Inquisition needed. is not needed. <laughs> Inquisition is not needed. Jesus, but yeah, I think those are actually useful for people, mm -hmm. especially because you're a bigger channel. So it's like then people can look at it and go, oh, okay. You yeah. know, this this person's played through it. Yeah, I was just wondering how you're going to cover that one. It's going to be a, that's kind of my a unique plan, title, right? too, because it's shorter. Yeah. Or it's you supposed know? to be Greedfall. They're like, yeah, it'll be 20 hours, 30 well, hours. True. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm 45 hours in, and I still had shit left to do. 47. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, the, I think they did exactly what companies need to do and undersell. Smart. Dude, it is. I think it makes it more you... attractive. But oh, might because for I'm getting sure. Older. Yeah, and then if it takes longer, you feel... Uh, whatever the term, like, gra not gratitude, but you know what I mean? Like, if the game's um, good, you feel like, all right, it's still going. But if the game's yeah. bad, then you're like, holy shit, end already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, too. Because I've definitely I, had that. When are you doing your review for, are you just skipping completely then a review for Borderlands? At least no, I, I, I actually, it just, I just released it yesterday afternoon. Oh, okay. Have yeah. a look at my emails. All no, right, you're gotcha. good. I want to review Medieval. What? I want to review oh. the Call of Duty game. Concrete Genie might be... A l I thought oh. about it, but that might be a little too soon. Call of Duty, I forgot. Yeah. Dude. I mean, that's when the same that day as out? the Outer Worlds. 25th. As far as I know, yeah. that's the only like rough stint, though. For you, it's a little more rough because you're doing Grid. Um, yeah. Yeah, Grid, it'll be interesting to see how, to, how I pack that in. I'll probably have yeah. to... Or three. But. Yeah. You're not doing any, other than Forza, you're just not, Forza just delighted you because it was open world and stuff, I think, right? Yeah, I think it just hit the right note for me. And I don't know, it's it's because I, I predict in 2020 things will settle down where I'll be able to experiment more. But this year, 
because I wasn't getting review copies, I haven't gotten one since Rage 2, really. Like, an actual, like, hey, here's a game, here's a couple of days to play it and review it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, I really haven't had that. Um, so, you know, I've had to be very picky on what I play because I've been playing everything on launch day, not, like, ahead mm-hmm. of launch, where, like, by the time the game comes out, I'm already done with it and looking to the next thing. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's been I've been like not able to I've been able to experiment, but like more precisely. Like I haven't been like oh let's try this racing game. I think that's why the Surge Two was also such a delight because I didn't have time to experiment. And I said let me try this out. Like I haven't played a Soul Style game in a while. And then I thought I was gonna play for a half hour and just make like a quick hot take video. And I was like no mm-hmm. shit, this is really good. I'm gonna play for what ended up being I think nine hours before I posted my impressions. Gotcha. So yeah. What'd you think of Borderlands when you got done? What'd you rate it? Wait for a sale. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I said to people it was very – it's very good after the story. There are a couple of side oh. quests that are like outliers that are really funny, really good. The shooting, looting's fine, but I had too many glitches, right. too many bugs. Yeah, felt in the right. ma- I showed them all. I showed them all that I recorded throughout my playthrough. Like, you know, just shit was not working in that game. Too many hiccups. Took me way longer to get through a playthrough than it should have because I had to keep restarting, and then I just wanted to take breaks because I didn't want to play it. Um, where ultimately, when I got to the end game, and I, I did keep, I've consistently played it since beating it. Like I've been, I'm about to hit level fifty with Flack. I'll move on to a new character. Like I've been really enjoying it now that the story's over. Hmm. But that's something I've never had with the game before, and yeah, so I think it's sure. a testament to how the end game saved it because it is very good, but also it's it's a testament to how. Um, the game needs improvement, and uh, gotcha. some of it's just baked into the design of the game. Like the writing can't be patched. Writing sucks. <laughs> yeah, it can't. Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna patch. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, one of these have days we, we will. Have we I've, seen I've seen technically writing be patched in the terms of like Witcher Three patched the uh-huh. font size, where <laughs> yeah, technically, right, right. technically it patched the writing, but yeah, technically. We need a hashtag for this week, and uh, I was gonna say, "Where is Sean from Sony?" Or what's his I like name? that? I like that. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that'll, that'll, yeah I, I, I wanted to bring that up and be like, "Where?" But I just where's didn't know. Sean? Yeah, where's Sean? We've had a lot of more tweets coming in too. We really appreciate that. So uh, especially yeah. if you got through us bullshitting here at the end, then uh, let us know on Twitter at G27Status or at Jeremy Penter. You can go ahead and send either of us, or preferably together, the hashtag, uh, where's Sean? And uh, let us know what you thought of the show, what we could do better. We, we, uh, someone, someone sent us in a message saying the hashtag for last week, and they were like, I don't know what to write, but just keep up the good work. And it's like, the hashtag is just what you have to write. If you want to put any additional thoughts afterwards, mm-hmm. that's yeah, totally your choice. True. Yeah, true. Very and I think true. what we should do is maybe... What, wow, this is a great idea. Hold on. What we should do, and we'll make this more of a thing next week, because um, we'll, maybe we'll announce it in the beginning of the show, is we'll look at the hashtag when we're getting ready to record, and we'll read maybe some like interesting or funny responses or shout people out. Yeah. Because it'd be easy to search out. Where's yeah. Sean? You know, let's just type that yep. in on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, leave us some thoughts. You can get witty if you want, or you can just tell us what you're thinking of the show, what could be better. We'll, we'll gladly read it off. Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Carrick, thank you for your time. Appreciate yep. you as always. And we'll catch you guys next week with episode 223. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>